Valuetown is a production of HearthSim. Find out how to support Valuetown by going to patreon.com slash Valuetown. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 172 of Value Town. I'm Chan Man V, and we've got a special episode for you guys today. Uh, another arena episode. This is like twice in maybe like five, six weeks that we're actually doing an arena episode. It's pretty amazing. But I want to welcome to the show Edwakta and Dreads. What's up, guys? Hey, it's doing well. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so Gar didn't join us today, guys, because Gar didn't have time to play any arena this week. So, didn't make sense to have him come on and just basically sit here the whole time and not not say too much. And listen, exactly. So there's no craziness with Gar. Gar will be back, obviously, our our next episode that we do. But um, you know, these two guys obviously are are arena experts. Uh, You know, if you guys don't know them for whatever reason, Nwakta has his own podcast, Lightforge, as well as uh, you know, he's the one part of the grinning goat if you don't don't uh, catch him in immerse playing arena and uh you know they have their their site too uh, and then dreads of course is uh one of our best arena players and as we can see on the leaderboard finishing number six this in this last leaderboard congrats on that dude yeah, not bad not yeah bad. not bad not quite crips level last <laughs> month but that's okay he's number two right so yeah he did he did really well last month yeah yeah so have you been one before I have. Yeah. Nice. I, I was nice. number one. Yeah. It's been a while now. Se- September, I think, of last year. And I was okay. number two two months ago. Okay. All right. So, yeah, awesome. yeah. I, I, if we could only have achievements, months. you know, like actually in the game that would, that you could I actually got something slap a medal on. Cool, yeah. But it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I pull up something in game to even see that we did. <laughs> it's something to, to kind of shoot for. And, you know, it keeps it interesting. So, mm-hmm. to a certain level. So, mm-hmm. I, it's good. I yeah. can't complain. No, I know. That's that's amazing. I mean, it's it's not easy to do, and I feel like the 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 top of you know the win the average wins that you have to get to be like top ten just keeps going up and up every time I see the leaderboard. Yeah, certain months. Last month it was a bit lower, and then this mm-hmm. or two months ago it was a bit lower, and then the mm-hmm. last one was was pretty high again. Yeah, like, uh, Tashi, who's a, a regular in my in my channel, he got over nine. Nine point oh seven, my gosh! It's so it's insane. Pretty high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a ton of things to talk about because there's been a lot of changes. Um, you know, in, in terms of arena, uh, we we alluded to some of them, or even just took a quick look at some of the cards last week. But really wanted to save all that for this week so we could talk with uh, these guys about it. Um, but to start off, I want to m- uh, remind everybody that Value Town is an HSReplay.net show now. So if you want to see the latest stats for or latest meta. If you're climbing the ladder and all that good stuff, go to hsreplay.net and check out the latest stats there. Um, but while well, I start off just talking about our week, just what we've been up to, uh, I've been personally just trying to catch up on some arena because I haven't played it quite as much as you guys, just in, in, you know, in prep for this show. So, Have you been enjoying uh, it overall? Yeah, yeah, oh, man. It's been yeah, great. It's it, Yeah, I mean, it's, obviously with the new cards too, it's, it's pretty, pretty yeah. cool to see. But um, yeah, I just haven't played. Having not played in a while, it's it's always great. It's always refreshing and great to get back to it, and and just even 
try to knock off some rust because it's like when I play arena, I realize just how many bad habits I've developed like playing standard. So and, I got to get back play to my with some of the cards a lot, right? Like yeah. constructed is just you know set certain cards at that level, but in arena you just have to pick from some of the. You know, the crap yeah, cards. Right, exactly. So it's, it's a different experience. Those are the mm -hmm. tough ones where I just like sharing at the three. I'm like, man, I know there's a right answer, but I don't want to cheat. So I'm just like trying to figure out what, like, Undrown, just my yeah. own. Yeah, and it's usually probably not right. So, <laughs> uh, but it, no, it's been a blast. And, and again, like, I, I even just being able to mess around, like, I, I was telling Edwakta that I was, uh, trying to build a deck with as many of the new cards as possible and it's Just take everyone yeah, yeah and it's like amazing how, how how much you can actually how many of those cards you can actually choose with the whole new bucket system yeah um, it's an offering rate bonus happening right now yeah totally yeah but Edwakta, what, what have you been up to man this week um i've been uh, finishing up our uh, our tier list so that we had it released with uh with the the new time cards um and that's uh that's the life forge arena tier list um so that took some going uh, but I think the interesting part that I noticed doing that is that the cards aren't, like, they look really powerful, but they're more random than they are powerful. Mm. Like, nothing okay. was actually busting over what we normally see as, like, the most powerful arena cards. So, it like, things are getting a little crazy in the arena, but it's not, like, actually a power, or not much of a power creep. So much as just all the majority of these new cards, especially the good ones, have unfortunate RNG effects that, uh, that have a very big impact on the game. You just have to accept that, right? Like yeah. going in. Oh, it, RNG? There's really? going to be a lot of RNG, and <laughs> if it doesn't go my way, it's probably not going to end well, but eh, it's okay for an event, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay for an event. And it's not as, uh, the RNG is not even as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was like very mm -hmm. scared going into yeah. this event, and then after being in it for a couple of days, I'm like, all right, you know what? This is uh, it just it increases the RNG. It doesn't like blow the game apart. <laughs> this is this is coming off after talking to to Edwakta about this. He's like, I'm I think I can only stand it for a week. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to be able to play anymore after that. This is how I think his original bad tweet was going to be. Might need to take a break from Arena for yeah. a little while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was totally. I was asking <laughs> right. people were suggesting like Slay the Spire. I was trying to figure out what game we can stream for two weeks <laughs> oh instead of like playing this brawl for longer. Oh, but um, that has to do. Did you guys know? And this is this is something that we missed until uh, until actually the day of the release, which is that Chromie and uh, and that dragon. I keep forgetting the dragon. Uh, uh, Mor Morozon. I did not realize that those were legendaries. I didn't either. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I didn't feel either like either. 90% of the arena community did not like figure this out. And the only, because normally when we look at rarities, when they release cards, mm -hmm. you look at the, the little rarity crystal. Right, thing. exactly. And when they don't have one, we assume, oh, it's a basic card. Like it's going to be just common. It's an arena event anyway, right? They want to offer it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But these two cards being legendary, and, and Chromium and Morozon are, like, the two most ridiculous cards in the entire like, set that was released. <laughs> like, I thought they were going to be commons and just, like, offered to everybody. And I was like, this is, this is not going to work out for the arena. I don't want to, like, you know, get unhealthy and have high blood pressure and just way too much salt on stream. So I'm just going to yeah. sit it out after the first week of having fun. Have you seen but, how uh, Chromium is bucketed, by the way? Like I drafted it, and it was up against the the four drop prince card and another really. Wait, Chromie's not in the number one. No, bucket. it's not. No, it I, was I like was an auto pick. Mm -hmm. I like looked at the other cards. Like, there's mm -hmm. no way I take anything else. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, I, I noticed Faldori, that too. Faldori, um, Strider? The, the yeah, Faldori Strider is in the top bucket. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. This one was up against. It was the easiest. I mean, I would take it anyways, just to try it yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, fun, but. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. it's better than Valdori, or like about, at least about the same as Valdori Strider. Right. You got to, yeah, you see it, you take it, basically. Right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> right. See, that's one thing I don't understand about Blizzard and the bucketing system, right? Where they put the cards initially. I think they did a better uh, job this time than they did with Witchwood initially. Like, Witchwood initially, if you guys remember, was a complete mess of just, yeah. Yeah. like, I think over half the cards were misbucketed. I just um, wasn't drafting Witchwood cards. The expansion launched, and it was like, yeah, let's play with some new cards. And then, yeah. wait, if I want to take these cards, I have to have a bad deck. I don't know if I want a bad deck. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was all, um, I, I, maybe like eight out of nine cards were overbucketed. And they didn't make the same mistake here. And they bucketed everything high, and they were good, and it was fine. But you wonder like how they actually come up with these initial bucketings. Right, you don't look at a card like Faldori Strider. You yeah. know that's a top bucket card, and then you get this legendary, uh, you know, card that is functionally very similar to Faldori Strider, and then look at it and say, "Oh, this is not a top bucket card." I just, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, uh, you know, they're obviously going to make a, a quick assessment or just their own assessment, and I would assume that they would be adjusting probably daily after that. And no, 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 they don't adjust. Oh, this man. is not what happens in the I arena. Know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting that reaction when I, when I said they, that. They've been adjusting yeah, a little yeah. more, but it's not... Normally, it's not yeah. that fast. It takes it's a little like while. It's like once every, like, yeah. three weeks, yeah. I, I would say. See, maybe. Like, I, I feel like that's time. too long. for the At least the very first iteration. You know, it's like, you could do it a bit more, I think, in the first couple weeks, and then just kind of let it settle some, but... Like waiting yeah. on the first three when you can make you could have made a huge mistake based on very little data. It's that's kind of crazy. The the first adjustment was a week and a half for. Oh, which, okay, that's not too uh, too bad. But I'm not sure they do. They're going to do the same thing with the event. Um, but obviously, they can't wait three weeks for the event because the event's over in three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, they got some a little bit of pushback when they because they made the changes pretty quickly, and then there were a lot of people that didn't really get to play. I guess with with the previous system that much, and then they were a little upset. So it's tough. It's kind of like a, in some ways it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, well, especially when they're not going to retire decks, right? If you don't right. retire decks when you make a change, and the change is very significant, uh, it may cause oh, a power level differential between yeah. the older decks and the newer decks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the... sniped. Yeah. That's actually was wow. A, that's something I've never really thought about that much. Is just you know people that just have you know decks that have, that they just haven't played much, right? And the fact that they mm-hmm. they don't retire. Okay, the, the, you're saying they don't give credit back for retire. You know, basically they don't retire allowing... the decks at all. You know that they retire all the decks before the event, and you have to draft a new deck, and they give you a free mm-hmm. arena run. They don't okay. do any of that. You just keep okay. your deck. And so oh, uh, this okay. is this was especially a problem in the in the very first time they did it. Right, they made a bucket system. Everything was super overpowered. You know, it was clearly <laughs> yeah. like it was very brawl like for a week, and then after two weeks or three weeks, they like changed it back. Yeah, um, and they lowered the power levels dramatically to a power level that's lower than even before the time cards came out. Like. Yeah, the arena power level in the bucket system was at its yeah. lowest point after they did that change. And I think most people liked this. I don't know why they kept changing it. But yeah, yeah. anyway, so the difference in power level was so big that you can just consistently snipe, especially with a Paladin deck, anybody. And if you had enough decks queued up for it, they have no chance. It's not just that you know their cards or you know their decks or you have a very good uh, you know deck for the meta. You have a deck that will probably get you a 95% win rate against anything that 
you know, can be Jeez. drafted at the current time. Okay. And Lich Kings were everywhere. It was, yeah. it was. <laughs> okay. So That's an exploit for sure. Yeah. yeah crazy. Um, I still remember during that three weeks, I lost to more Lich Kings or Lich Kings off of Stonehill Defenders than I lost yep. to non-Lich Kings. That was ridiculous. I mean. It wasn't even surprised it was anymore. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, Lich King on eight again. Okay. Yeah, that's what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one card that was just insane, right? Like it just, yeah. it just zoomed to the top of all the stats. And Tarum was everywhere too. Yeah, that, that's Tarum actually my too. biggest complaint about a card. Yeah. I hate that card in Arena. <laughs> Tarum. Tarum's just it's way too strong for Arena. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's way too strong. We digress. Standard bit, but, too, but yeah. you know, <laughs> but whatever. Um, yeah. But you know, we're talking a lot about all these buckets and stuff, and you know, a lot of folks that watch or listen to Value Town, they they may not be you know regular Arena folks just because we cover so much standard. So why don't we talk a little bit about just that change you know that happened um a few weeks ago now or uh, actually how many weeks ago is it now like the oh the, it's been the original three ones months. is it three months god has it really been that long yeah, yeah. i think about three months three months Maybe with, the, with the the buckets right like with the seven the buckets, buckets yeah. and the three legend buckets because it was right before the expansion yeah it came out a little over a yeah month before yeah the expansion. gosh it's been that long even since the expansion man time flies. Time, time just flies man it's been a little crazy um but yeah so you know obviously chris had a blog post about um just the changes and it was you know this this blog post was so refreshing because this is like the first time we actually get you know an actually you know, a really or some transparency from the team you know explaining like what they've been doing and you know maybe what they're going to do in the future and uh, they explained that you know they've kind of gone into this this bucketing system where they have or they they had they kind of had these I guess these kind of buckets but they were very clear that they had seven non legend buckets and three legend buckets and you know how just the the um you know the 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 pick offerings you know were were um, happening you know where the buckets were kind of chosen randomly and uh, they even went to the extent where they talked about just like how things were weighted and how they like micro adjust um, and then in eleven point two patch eleven point two which just came out not too long ago. Um, they added even more buckets that would would overlap in between those those existing buckets that were there before, just so they would they would add even more, um, you know, just 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 add d different um, cards, right? Just more more um, different combinations of cards, right? If you had just have more buckets, so. Um, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. You know, Eduardo, you of course you're you know you're always very very vocal about the changes and things. Um, so wanted to yeah just get your thoughts just on the original you know change and then obviously the the eleven point two one. Yeah, uh, I, I think both me and Merce have been very supportive of the general theory behind changing the arena from drafting random cards to drafting these like bucketed cards that are based on this Blizzard tier list that Blizzard makes based on some combination of data they have, right? Yeah. Um, it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect just because you don't know who's drafting, right? Like uh, there's systemic, there's going to be systemic issues with creating buckets, no matter how well you do it, because RNG is going to favor bad players, not good players. I don't mean like, bad players are going to roll high and good players are going to roll low. I just mean you want to rely less on RNG as a good player because your win rate without RNG would be much higher than a bad player. Um, and so the Blizzard tier list isn't going to be able to capture that. And the tier list also would never be able to capture like human error. Um, the example I love to bring up is that for the longest time we had data on this, and it's no longer the case, thankfully. I just checked on HS Replay just to just to see if um, if this is the case now that we got all the new players back uh, back into the arena. Uh, but Acetic Swamp Ooze is now not a worse card than Bloodfin Raptor in non-beast synergy classes. It used to be for like the entire first year and a half, two years <laughs> that Hearthstone existed. Because people Acetic would hold it, Because people yeah, would hold it rather exactly. than play it. They would play nothing exactly. on turn two to hold the Acetic Swamp Ooze to try to kill a weapon. And there wasn't even like totally ridiculous weapons that back then, right? You're just trying to like, right. I don't know, kill an Arcanine Reaper at best. 
Um, like it, there wasn't like vine cleavers and like silver sores right. they could really hold to get value for. Like uh, it was rarely the right choice to hold uh, a ooze on turn two over playing nothing. But people did it. I would say like more than half the people did it, and it really sunk their win rates. Anyway, these things are not going to be captured by Blizzard tier list, but overall their goal, which is to get more interesting picks at every single pick, mm -hmm. so you don't have these like throwaway picks where it's like, oh, well, one card's clearly just better than the other two cards in every instance in every deck. Um, that, that goal, I think, has really made drafting in the arena much better and much more dynamic. Like, I know I spend, uh, and we used to spend a lot of time on drafts, and now we spend three times as much on drafts as we used to. Um, and that's, that's, that's part of what the arena is. And that's it's... part of what's unique about the arena compared to Constructed, right? Like, that there is yeah. a draft. That you do have to put your deck together, like, from scratch every time. So I really like the direction that that was going in. And um, I think they've had enough time now to work out a lot of the kinks that existed in the beginning. Yeah. Dreads, what's your take? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm overall... Kind of in agreement on this one. I think it's like I used to, to just blitz through drafts because you know fireball against you know like ice barrier and things like that would happen. You're like, well, click, 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 click. <laughs> so th there's a lot less of that, which is a good thing. Um, what I will say about it is once you, you know, this isn't doesn't really apply for the the average person that maybe plays an arena here and there, but if you play, I don't know, four four runs a day or, or something like that, then what you do see is a lot of the same picks over and over and over again, yeah. which gets a bit repetitive. Um, and it's part of the reason I'm, I'm glad that recently we haven't really gotten to that yet, but they, they added these overlapping buckets. Mm -hmm. So you get a little bit more variety, which makes it a little you know, fresher if you're doing a lot of drafts. Um, but yeah, I would say overall drafting is a little bit more difficult nowadays and you, you do have to take more time and that's good. I mean, that that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's all, that's all positive. Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on the bucket system. I think overall it's a good thing. Uh, and assuming they, they keep making little tweaks and do a decent job with the buckets, but I, I think it's been a good change, uh, for arena. So, so what's y'all's take on just generally, you know, because there's, there's buckets, right. And, and they're trying to match the cards. And for those of you still that might be wondering what buckets mean, it's just, they're just taking very similar, um, I guess power level cards, you know, they use win rates, they use kind of pick rates and they kind of determine, you know, which cards are very similar in that regard. And they kind of put them together and that's kind of where they choose these cards to show you at a time because they choose from the same bucket. Uh, when that happens, right? Like there's, you know, like I think for the most part, people weren't making huge mistakes in drafting whenever there were like very, you know, quote unquote obvious choices or there huge differences. But now, you know, I feel like everybody gets a pretty decent deck now, you know, baseline, mm -hmm. you know, and so the power level there, what, you know, you guys being obviously higher level players, do you think that that even matters in terms of the, um, I guess the skill ceiling in terms of, I mean, is the skill ceiling higher now or do you think it's, it hasn't changed or has there been any kind of difference? So, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, all right, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, so yeah. I think the skill ceiling, <laughs> I think the skill ceiling has definitely gotten lower. And it was yeah. a comment that, that we made from the very beginning of the bucketing system. Yeah. If you put so much focus on the drafts, you're going to take focus off of gameplay. And because of what Dreads was talking about, too, where the gameplay gets a little repetitive as people know how to synergize decks well, right? Like, and when you have a floor on your draft, essentially, so two things. One is you have a floor on your draft always. Mm -hmm. If you ever like go out of your way to make a pick or like to do something, you know that you're not going to sacrifice a lot of value later on to fill out the rest of your deck, for example, or to go for a synergy and to fill in the gaps. So 
that creates more like siloed decks where you see like, oh, here's a dude paladin that has all these dude synergies and they're going to play the white fuse Stegadon and it's going to buff everything. Um, and that does create for more, uh, for more repetitive gameplay and repetitive gameplay is less like it. You, you think about it less, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it's not the same as a totally, um, totally random format. Um, the other thing that lowers uh, the skill ceiling is, and I think this is this is not really exactly the bucket system's fault. It's just we don't have enough of a of a pool of cards. And as part of the system with the bucketing changes, they made the rate in which bad cards, not even bad cards, like literally every card from average to below. So you take a median card, like one that we would rank like 100 on the Lightforge tier list, and all the cards below it are offered less than all the cards above it. They, um, the, the last time we looked into this was right before Witchwood, mm. and that was um, the, the second to last bucket is the cards immediately below 100 or like around 100, and that was offered at 75% the normal rate, and the cards below that, it's the huge bucket of all the remainder cards, um, is offered at 50% the normal rates. So Blizzard's taking care to purposefully make the decks better. Like, they have a thumb on the scale on the good cards, uh, or, like, on the above-average cards. Right. Everything above-average is offered at uh, about the same rates. Like, you, I know people think, oh, I see so many Steeds or whatever. Actually, Steed <laughs> is no bug. They admit it to. But normally speaking, <laughs> all the cards are seen at the rate that they're supposed to be seen, as long as it's above-average. Yeah. But because they, they put the thumb on the scale on the average cards, uh, on the average and below cards, your decks are overall better, and your diversity is overall less, like, just by them doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's a good thing, because these kinds of bad cards may be ruining decks. People sometimes, especially if you're offered three choices and they're all crap, right? That was really like pissing a lot of people off, I think, um, especially <laughs> the, the more casual players who are like, oh, I'm going to get stuck with this. Um, but like, as you said, right, like arena players, sometimes it's, it's nice to, uh, to play with, uh, with cards that you don't see in Constructed. Um, but that's purposefully gone now. Mm -hmm. And that was always an element of arena skill and a pretty large element in yeah. uh, that kind of... I mean, there, there was always going to be that randomness of whether you, you know, you run hot, you know, just with what you're offered or mm -hmm. you don't, you know, but it made those times when you did run hot just, you know, really stand out, you know, and yeah. it was definitely highlightable and, you know, you'd, you'd obviously, you know, tweet it and all that good stuff. So uh, that's, it's always been a big part of arena for me. So I get why they would do that just to try to make the average mm -hmm. game fun, more fun for, you know, most players. Um, but dreads, you know, like we see people getting like nine wins on the like leaderboard averages, <laughs> right? So, yeah. I mean, is that affecting the that number, making it higher, or well, uh, I mean, because clearly um, it's not the decks; I, it's I just the the play, right? Yeah, I mean, la last month I think people did kind of think, have a good idea of what the meta was like because mm -hmm. the first month it can be a little bit crazy with the expansion, and people also probably are just trying things out. So after having a month or so to kind of get a feel for things, I think. The averages are naturally going to go up a little bit. Um, also, the really good classes last month, like uh, Rogue and Paladin, were pretty consistent. So if you picked those every single time and you know knew what you were doing, you probably have a pretty pretty high average. So I think those are a couple of factors that that contribute to that. You know, it's still. I mean, the the month that I was number one, my average was nine point four. So it's not that everything is up right now. There have still been like dips and you know 
Like I think the, the month before that the highest average is just a little bit over eight. For yeah, example. it's definitely yeah. gone down. I don't think you yeah. can make like it's not even a thing that the leaderboard win rates may be going up or recovering right. to where they were before. Just Since the bucket system has been introduced, mm-hmm. it's gone down a bit, and it's oh. gone down a bit like because Blizzard literally has a one hundred percent hand now in the end tier list value of your uh, of your deck. Right, mm-hmm. Blizzard tells you what your tier list value of the deck is going to be. You get to tweak around with it and make some marginal differences, but in the end, you're drafting for coherence. You're no longer drafting on value, and value has always been responsible for something like thirty-three to fifty percent of uh, of a deck's like run potential for uh, for any player. We've had mm-hmm. we've had those stats for you know for years, and that hasn't changed. Yeah, as far as the the bucket system goes, just two things that I kind of remembered. Um, I'd want to talk about it a little bit, but the fact that once you get to a certain number of wins and you see a class, you kind of have a decent idea of what their deck's going to be like, which makes it, I would say, a little less exciting to play the games because it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you can play around things maybe a little bit better, but it's just a little bit repetitive. It's like, oh, yeah, here comes this on this turn. Oh, here's this. Oh, I don't have an answer for that. I'm, you know, I've lost. So I, I think the combination of losing a lot of cards with this expansion and then how the bucket system works makes for the, the, some of the runs to feel a little bit repetitive. Um, and then one other thing that I would say is a, a slight downside to the bucket system is, like for me, for example, I like the card Faldor Strider. I, I have fun with that card, but it's up against like Sap. And yeah. so if you're going to decide, hey, I want to have fun, I'm going to take the Faldor Strider, you're probably making your deck significantly worse. And, you know, you can choose to not do it and just take the best card every time, but that means you, you don't really get to play with certain cards because... You, know, you don't want to have to take that risk. Right. So that's something that I personally kind of miss a little bit. I remember with uh, with the Undercity Huckster before the expansion hit, mm-hmm. I could basically never take that card. And it was one of my favorite cards in the game. But if I wanted to take it, I was passing you know a better card. And mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, it's obviously no system is going to be perfect. And I these are kind of my yeah. some of my issues with the bucket system. But overall, I think it's been a good change. And, and Blizzard can't fix that because it's not a fixable problem. Right. Faldori right. Strider is in the mm-hmm. top bucket because for a player that goes 3-3, which is their average player, Faldori Strider is going to be a lot better than for Dreads, number six player in, in A because it has such a huge RNG element. Because randomly it'll just win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll randomly win when you draw like two of them in the next three turns. And yeah. you have uh, an extra 8-8 on the board. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, that's and, and that competes against your win rate, right? If your win rate is normally 50%, this card's worth this value. If your win rate is normally 30%, the card goes even higher in value. Whereas if your win rate is, um, I think usually people on uh, leaderboards are around 75%. That makes such a big difference in how much you care about the randomness. Yeah, because right, no matter how much better you are than your opponent, if they pull two four fours on turn yeah. five, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much over, right? I mean, it's yeah. how right, it is. So. Right. So, uh, yeah, so the bucket system will just inherently always make it so that good players, if you're playing seriously, will not pick RNG cards and will even more not pick RNG cards. So right. for, you know, what Dreads would say, if you really like a card that has a little RNG to it, you're never going to get a chance to play it. Um, it's kind of the opposite for me. I never have to play it. I don't want to play these <laughs> cards. I used to have to because even, like, how much can you penalize RNG, right? That's a question that we, we keep, like, asking ourselves, especially when making the tier list. Um, well, um, no matter how much you penalize, if it's a good card with RNG, it's still a good card. It's just a little less good. And now I can never pick Faldori Strider and never have to deal with it. <laughs> so in yeah. terms of, you know, some like, you guys are kind of, like, saying that you like – one of you guys like the – you know, just just one aspect of it and the other person, the other person saying the opposite. But you know, one thing I am hearing here is just that 
you know, um, the predictability, at, you know, standpoint from, you know, like what arena's turning into is the part that, you know, you guys just generally don't like, which is like a part of, that's a, a very big part of standard, right? It's just like knowing that the meta is this way and, and, you know, me being, uh, uh, you know, I play a lot of standard. I, I do like the fact that I know what the, the player, you know, what kind of deck he's generally playing and how to play around it, right? Like that's actually part of, I think, playing on the standard ladder is just understanding those type of things. Where, you know, with Arena, you know, obviously we used to have the element of just like not knowing at all. And to be honest, that frustrated a lot of people. That, that's maybe one of the reasons why standard players didn't play Arena is, is because of that reason. So, you, you know, um, Blizzard in recent times have tried to do things that I think make it more predictable, make it, you know, you know standard-like in a way with the synergies and, and all the things that they tried. Um, what are your thoughts on just that general uh, notion and trying to make Arena, you know, a little bit more accessible, I guess, to the, the bigger demographic, which is the standard demographic and wild demographic, right? So, um, yeah. thoughts on that, I guess Dreads? for me, yeah. for, for my... Uh... Those selfish reasons. I don't really want Arena to be too similar to Constructed. Right. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it shouldn't be a little bit more similar because, you know, in an ideal world, especially as a streamer, if more people are playing Arena, more people are going to watch Arena. It's better, you know, better for me. Right. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm okay with them, with them doing these things. And I was actually one of the few people who didn't hate the synergy meta if you remember that way back when oh boy i'm glad they didn't i remember it. this but, but i remember I this dreads i didn't i hate still it. remember this from the stream yeah, yeah. watching you comment and being like oh my god really there's one good player out there who does not mind <laughs> so it, it was you know I, i've always been kind of a you know, sometimes I'd have a little bit different opinion about some of these things but uh yeah i'm okay with with the direction they're taking it to try to bring in more people if that's what they're trying to do you know that's good I, I want more people to play arena that's good for the community but um yeah i don't want it you know like when they pumped up the power level really high mm. and it's mm -hmm. like that that's too much because I, I don't want to because i don't enjoy the oh here here comes lich king on eight here comes <laughs> tarim would how do you know i don't have a way to play around it and i just lose i, I don't like those feelings um so i think it's a balance and you know the Luckily, they have to figure it out, not me. Um, but yeah, I, it, what I will say is, I'm really glad they are doing stuff about mm -hmm. two arena. Like they they are yeah. paying more attention to it lately. It seems like you know there's, they have events coming out. So at, for for the arena community, I'm really happy that we get to 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 feel like they're they're paying paying more attention. Yeah, clearly they have. I mean, I think in the last year, I feel like they've they've made a lot of strides. Um, you know, across the board, but particularly in arena, you know, like I, it just feels like there are actually people dedicated to arena now when before I wasn't hundred percent sure how many people were dedicated to arena, at least one yeah. person, you know, but oh. yeah, I was, I wasn't completely sure there was more than that, but now they I, released, I, do uh, I think, uh, someone at Blizzard commented on some Reddit posts and was like, oh yeah, there's like a person whose part-time job it is to balance the arena and that's like it. one guy. Yeah. <laughs> God. There's like a guy where it's like not his full-time job either. <laughs> That poor um, guy. I mean, it's not easy, and he's oh, no, it's not an easy job. Uh, but I think what they meant is that that's the person responsible for the bucketing and to make sure things are in the right buckets. And yeah. obviously, a lot of the balance team is also like at least looking over the arena stuff when when they do something that's an arena specific change. Yeah. Um, it is like it's kind of crazy if you think back a year and a half ago, and they have literally done nothing in arena except ban a couple cards. Mm -hmm. 
And yep. if you go back two years ago, they had literally done nothing about Arena, nor talked about Arena, like, at all. It was, like, literally a forgotten game mode two and a half years ago. And one and a half years ago, there was no actual differentiate. They didn't put any effort into Arena, really. And now, there's so much, right? Like, we've already had two events in which they added entirely new Arena cards with, like, sounds and artwork and all this mm -hmm. stuff. Um, they've tried things like the synergy pick things that they took back. They tried other things um, like um, the class adjust. Uh, so mm -hmm. right now there's this zero point that they released the numbers in that blog post you talked about by Chris. Uh, it was 0 0.7 to 1.3 is a modifier that gets put on the best cards um, from particular classes based on uh, how good the class is doing. So if a class normally does very well, let's say Rogue. Rogue always does really well. It's the arena. The dagger is crazy. Um, you will see less eviscerates. You will see less backstabs, all, just fewer of all those cards. Um, on the other hand, if you're taking a bad class, like say Warrior, that's, you know, their hero power does nothing and their win rates are low, you will get a lot more of their top cards. Um, they first introduced that as a less than 5% adjustment in June, and they were very clear about it, and they were very much uh, like last June. And that has developed now into a 30% adjustment. And these wow. are all things that Blizzard's tweaking. Like yeah. they're, not, they're not just sitting there doing nothing. They're not just trying something and then like forgetting about it. They're definitely actively reviewing all aspects of the arena. Mm -hmm. And they make missteps, right? But they, they're, they're touching it. And it, it means for something like the bucket system. Um, I remember when me and Mercer were talking about it, we were like, oh, it's going to be so good. But but at first, it's going to be really bad. Just so everybody <laughs> knows. Like, don't come to us when you're like, oh, Arena sucks now. Yeah, it will suck for like the first month at least. But then it'll be okay and playable, which is, I think, where we're kind of at right now. And in like three months, maybe six months at most, I think the bucketing part, people won't have a huge disagreement on anymore. Um, I think right. everybody at that point would have come around to the bucketing system because Blizzard would have done something to make it uh, to make it function uh, in a more ideal way than it's currently functioning. So, do you, do you see them adding more buckets even after eleven point two? You know, because if you keep adding buckets, then it will get to the point where it, it starts to get closer to closer to like you know way back when, and, and we're even talking about even just bad cards, right? In terms, just more bad card buckets, you know, and, and things like that, right? Or more chances to get bad card buckets. Um, do you see them adding? A bunch more or or this might be just you know enough even just this last iteration of buckets i think the last iteration of buckets is fine i'm not like i don't think it would add one of the things once they announced that they were releasing these in between buckets everyone was like oh that's so great um and then everyone thought it would make a major impact in the arena and in that like one week between when they released it and when the event happened we got to see what the new bucketing system was like without all the time cards messing things up and uh it kind of looked like the old arena like the meta changed a little but the drafting wasn't like terribly noticeable yeah. it was a little bit better how then dropped a little bit i think and rogue went up a little bit but yeah it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like, a, a huge fl flip yeah and if you're drafting dreads like you barely notice it and we yeah. know the buckets pretty well so if anyone were to notice it we'd be the people that are like I, oh I my god that's what <laughs> it. like like when i do see a new set of three cards because you know you just notice it you're like wait that yeah. third card is different from what it normally is I, I do enjoy that it's like oh a fresh you know fresh set of options but there, there still are a lot of the same you know the same three picks for your yeah I'm, I'm okay with it i mean i at least they're trying to make it a little bit a little bit better yeah, so if Blizzard makes it one more step, right? The final thing to this is not to have a million different buckets. It's rather to have just a tier list 
of like exact numbers that Blizzard maintains, and then they pick a card to start you off, and then they have X percent chance of yeah. like mm -hmm. of uh, putting the next two cards there, and the chances go down the farther away it is from the score of your primary card. Right. Uh, you know, the, the first one, the, the the pick setter, I'll call it. Um, and that's fine, but it seems like a lot of work, and I don't think people will notice it too much. And if anything, people will notice it for the bad stuff, right? For the stuff that they <laughs> yep. explicitly try to get rid of, which yeah. is like, oh, I have a fireball against you know two you know average cards. Why are you doing this to me again? So it's it's this balance. Um, I think that's where they're headed with this increasing focus thing. I think it'll eventually be that tier list, just because it. Like, why not, right? Like, yeah. they have the technology. The hard part is figuring out this tier list thing, which they've apparently done. Um, and if they're happy with how their tier list is doing things, then making it more dynamic will create more diversity. And Dreads won't have to pick the same three cards all the time. <laughs> or in this case, like, the same five cards within a bucket, right? Like, they've extended a little, but still not right. the same. Now you'll get a random pick in there now and then. And now you'll get Faldori Strider sometimes in a mid-bucket like now and then and you'll be like oh i gotta pick that card and you know that's that can only be an improvement but i don't think it's a big deal like i think it's it's very marginally good okay yeah i mean definitely you know again like these changes are, are headed in the right direction the, but the biggest thing is just like keep with this you know transparency as to when changes are being made because you know that I think we've learned across the board, or you guys should have learned. At least Blizzard should have learned across the board that when you hide stuff from us, you always get burned because somebody is people always looking. Find it. Yeah, they're Someone out of all the millions it. of people playing Hearthstone, they always find yeah. it. So, um, yeah, just I think keep keep up the good work there. Uh, why don't we take a look at some of the the cards that came out in this event? We can do like a little mini review here, which we. Don't get too, you know, we don't get a chance too often to do the like arena only card reviews, given that it's only happened like twice, right? So, um, I kind of brought up the class, some the kind of class cards eight at a time, um, you know, obviously two from each class. And for those of you that haven't gotten a chance to experience the Taverns of Time event, um, there have been, I think, is it 28 cards? Is it yes, 28 cards, 14, 14, right? Yeah, 28 cards have been added to the arena, two per class, and then. Uh, we have 10 neutral cards that uh, were added. Two to. of them are legendary, though. Yeah, two so of them are legendary, but it, you'll see all the it, time. I'm not sure if they're represented in these images here, but we'll, we'll have to see. Why did they tell us that, by the way? Why did they I know. Own, you know, yeah. They, yeah. they did. Like, this is what I noticed. Oh, I did they did? Big, I, totally I had this big discussion too. with Tarot. So they didn't tell us, by the way. They did not yeah. use their words. What yeah. they did is, in those images, those two images that they released, right, that had all the cards, you can tell which ones are legendary because all legendary cards have that dragon border on the very top. Oh, yeah. Whereas normal cards don't. And those two cards had a dragon this. border. Let me find this. Yeah, Hold on. I, I didn't oh. notice it either. That's why all the arena me. players walked around and were like, oh, these are going to be regular cards. Yeah. And Taro, when he pointed it out on Arena HS, he was very clear and very like, intense about it, you know, as he is. And he's like, oh, I'm sure Chromie and... Um, uh, Keep forgetting this dragon's name because now you know I'm not a wild player. Uh, Mer Morozan, yeah. Morozan and Chromie, they're going to be legendaries. I promise you, because of the border, because they're named characters from WoW, and I'm <laughs> See, just like, okay, everything. this is Taro's weird conspiracy theory. Let's let's not worry about it. And then when it came out, he was right. He was. Uh, <laughs> they were legendaries. And yeah. thank God for that. Yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> thank goodness for that, right? Um, but all right, let's. Why don't we kick it off with the, the mage cards here? So we've got um, Cavern Dreamer, which is a one-three. At the end of your turn, add a random spell that costs two or less to your hand. 
Uh, and then we've got Considered the Past, which is a four mana spell. Add three random spells from the past <laughs> uh, to your hand. So, um, Cavern Dreamers, man. So I played Mage three, three. I did three runs with Mage, and two of them I didn't even get offered to Cavern Dreamer, which is like crazy to me, given yeah. that like all my other runs I got offered both card, you know, class cards a ton, and this card feels pretty sick. So uh, I haven't played with it yet, but. Uh, it was one of the cards that everyone in chat was going, yeah, that card is pretty insane. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think what I did my initial review, I did rate it highly, but uh, mm -hmm. I think it's even better than that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, so one thing to realize when it comes to offering rates is it's doubled for these cards, for all the cards that you mm -hmm. see in the Taverns of Time. It has 2x offering rate. Uh, we've been looking over some some stats. That seems to be the, the offering bonus that these cards get. And so for a class minion, that means you'll see on average two of these per uh, per your draft. Like, you'll be offered two of these. You may yeah. not take them, but you probably should take this guy. Um, <laughs> so to Blizzard's credit, Cavern Dreamer is actually bucketed really high. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's correctly bucketed, but it is an insane card. We started out at a 154 on the tier list, which is above Fireball. Oh, no, it's, actually, it's the exact same score as a Fireball. Um, and that's with us penalizing RNG quite significantly because uh, the Life Force tier list is done from the perspective of a, of a uh, like a top player, so like seventy five percent win rate, yeah. um, and it's still that high. So for like a player who's not at the top of the leaderboards, it would be even higher than that. And I think that's what people are seeing. They're just seeing the uh, the ridiculous effect that this can snowball into, mm -hmm. because every single this may like. You're, you're only getting a card that's two or less in your hand, so a one or two mana card. And it seems like it's not that much card advantage, but the tempo it generates is insanely crazy because every time you play a card, you get a little extra tempo than the mana cost it's worth because you're using up a card. So Cavern yeah. Dreamer allows you to put all the tempo out, assuming you don't get like horrible rolls. And when you put out all the tempo, you can protect this card very well. So you can, like, remove all your opponent's minions, and they have to actually use a removal on this. If you get a taunt, they can't even get through unless they have direct damage. Like, it can snowball really, really fast out of control. Yeah. Not to mention the spells you can get, which are, I mean, Primordial Glyph is amazing. Frostbolt can be amazing. I mean, there, there's a lot of good spells at too, you know, for, for uh, Mage. So um, definitely a sol solid card. I mean, I don't think anybody, I've heard anybody complain about this card at all. Uh, Consider the past... So what do you think of this one? This one I, I've had definitely had had a different or had different opinions on thinking it's just like kind of so-so. It's good, right? Yeah. I haven't played with it again, but uh, it, a four-mana Cabalist Tome, if you guys remember Yeah, that that's card. pretty much what it is. It's a four-mana Cabalist Tome. So. And that card was slow, but still still powerful. So mm -hmm. it's, it's better than that. So yeah. And, it should be a good card, but I haven't had a chance. To, I don't think anyone's played it against me either. So yeah, I don't think uh, so. Just before we continue on, I don't think it's a matter of whether these cards are just good against regular cards because they're all good against regular cards. All right, so it's more about like the, the relativity of how good these cards are versus the others. So that yeah, this card's better than Cabal's Tome. It's you know one less mana. It's pretty much it's very very similar to it. Um, but in terms of you know how does it compare to Cavern? Dreamer. Yeah. yeah. It's not on the level of the card in the bottom right, the, the Master of Realities, or <laughs> yeah, the card yeah, in the top yeah. left. The, sure, that sure. much we know. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's somewhere, you know, 
it's it's lower yeah. than that, but but still, yeah, still. It's a it's a good card, right? It's not yeah. a super premium card. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it at a one twenty eight, which is like a little above a Keeney Banshee. Like it'll beat your normal like curb cards, right? It's better than a mm-hmm. Yeti. It's better than like a Fireplume Phoenix, but it's not going to like win you the game consistently. Yeah. Um, I, I think what's interesting about the Mage set though is that. It's all card draw, right? Like Cavern Dreamer mm-hmm. draws you a ton of cards potentially. Consider the Pass draws you three cards. That's a lot of cards, and so uh, they they get offered to you a lot. Car- Consider the Pass actually gets offered to you more than three times per uh, per run because it's a spell, and there's a bonus to yeah. offering for spells and weapons. So with all of these cards that are heavy on card draw being offered to you, you're like heavily incentivized as Mage to go for Curve because mm-hmm. you will not need card advantage. You will just keep getting these good cards offered to you. And when you have Curve, you have even more tempo, which helps you protect Cavern Dreamer even more. Like, it it all builds into one archetype for the mage. And because this is now in the bucket system, you will never lose value for going for a particular archetype or synergy, at mm. least not much. Yeah. You now can very consistently always draft the type of mage that never runs out of cards, has a curve, and will, like, win the game eventually. Um mm. So uh, the entire mage arc, and mage is number one on HS replay uh, stats right now in the mm-hmm. arena, and that's one of the reasons uh, for it. Where if you just if you just go around drafting for mage, you kind of have it all. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> mage at the top? What? That yeah, I know. <laughs> so will mage ever be in the bottom tier? I don't think that will will happen. Maybe one day. Who knows? Who knows? But, um, but okay, so we're going to move on to Rogue now. So we've got Deja Vu, one mana spell. That's discover a copy of a spell you played this game. So um, it definitely has that. I think if you play Deja Vu, you at least get to choose Deja Vu, right? Or... Yep. Yeah. So you're never going to not discover anything. It counts the as. The guy did that to me on turn one. Yeah. He played Deja Vu, <laughs> was offered Deja Vu, and you, he took Deja Vu. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well, right? If you don't have a one drop. Uh, and then we've got a four mana minion that's a four three thief of futures. Battlecry, add a copy of the top card of your opponent's deck to your hand. Uh, which uh, I've I've definitely gotten my share of this card. <laughs> I think I, I get offered this card a ton when I'm playing Rogue. Uh, all right, so let's start with Deja Vu. So this is like basically you get a co- another copy of a spell that you drafted. Uh, I'll compare it to Hallucination. Yeah. Okay. I'll compare it to Hallucination, and it's not as good as Hallucination because you need to have played it before, and so you'll never get any of the game winners because if you've already played a game winner, you've already won the game. <laughs> so okay. uh, by that logic this is going to be worse on the bright side it's controllable but you have to cast it really late to get some of the big spells like you can't pick it in anticipation of playing a big spell later or at least it's uh, like just because you won't get it because you haven't played the big spells mm-hmm. and a lot of times like some of the more powerful spells you don't necessarily want to use the effect twice like maybe a sprint is really good for your deck you'll never want to sprint twice yeah. um, so it I, I would prefer a hallucination to a deja vu, I really? think, pretty significantly. Yeah. Kind of depends on your deck, though, right? Yeah. If you if you get offered a lot of saps, mm-hmm. yeah, I was gonna say sap too. things like that, mm-hmm. then the card could be great. But as a first pick card, where you don't know how many, let's say in your draft's the first card offered, you don't know how many spells of that type you're going to get. And you also have to draw them before you can play this. You know, or ideally, right. that's yeah. how, how you want to use the card. So, yeah, it's... I would say it's a similar power level to Lucinate for me, but uh, yeah, it doesn't have that that high roll where you can just get a DK and, and win the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
Uh, okay, Thief of Futures. How about this one? Adding a, a copy of a top card from your opponent's deck to your hand. Um, yeah, Dreads, take on this. I mean, it's, it's a it's, it's a good card because you're not paying that much for a card draw. You know, if you think of No Mission Venture, and obviously we're not, we want to compare it to these cards, but that that's a 2-4 and you get a card. But this also gives you information about what your opponent's going to draw. Yeah. Um, and it's just four attack is much more relevant on turn four than two. So I, I think it's one of the the better cards from the set, but you know, not not the top level, not not the uh, the the top left and top right card here. Uh, yeah. But it's it's you know quite good. Yeah, I I can actually see this card being a real card <laughs> in a future yeah. a future expansion. I like the mechanic. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh I don't know why it's not a real card. Yeah, like this is one of the few cards where you're like, oh, this could be a real card and wouldn't disrupt anything and it would add flavor to the game. Yeah. And it feels like yeah. a row card too. It's it, they definitely. I don't think it would be that strong because if you think about it, most of the time the card you get, you're not going to really be able to play around it. Like oftentimes in arena, it will just be a five drop or something, right? So it's it's not like oh he has that five mana five five. This is game breaking. You know now I know what I'm going to do. So yeah, I think it's a it's a, it's a fairly you know, it's a fair card, and uh, yeah, maybe in the future they'll add something. Mm-hmm. All right, Paladins next here. We got a one mana blessing of what is that? Acons, I think is what Acons. I'm <laughs> not sure what Acons or a- yeah, Aeons. Aeons. Yeah, Aeons, sorry, yeah. it's kind of small on my screen. Aeons. So, uh, give a minion at the end of your turn. Wait, wait. See, so give a minion at the end of your turn. Gain plus one, plus one. Okay, so it's it's uh, it's a buff, obviously, for a minion. And then the next one is a five mana five five dragon bronze. Brood mother. When you draw this, summon a one-one wee whelp. Definitely got, had, had a lot of whelps. I was fighting against for sure. So um, this card and uh, the there's another card in the future, right? That just uh, that draws a card whenever or does something whenever you draw it. Uh, but uh, the blessing of aeons. Uh, I haven't actually gotten a chance to use this one. Any of you guys played this one? Edwa- uh, Edwa- have you gotten a chance to play Paladin at all? No. I haven't so, played Paladin. Oh yeah. How, how has it been? I've never had so, it played against me, even. It's. I think it's better than I thought, because really? if you, you know, when I was first evaluating it, it was like, okay, you can't use that plus one one on the turn to, to take a value trade, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that would make it, you know, significantly worse. But if you drop it on, I don't know, two five, you know, let's say you're th- you drop a two five on turn three, and then your next turn is a three drop and buff, and if you're a little bit ahead on the board and your opponent can't kill it, it's it's pretty annoying to deal with. So I think I did lose the game that. My opponent played it, and it did feel pretty, pretty annoying because it, it's it's similar to the the priest card, right? The the two two that buffs plus yeah. one plus one. That card's stronger because you know it's on a stick. But yeah, I think this card's pretty good. Yeah, and it is. This card is also harder to kill than that two two because the two two will always be a two two unless you buff it again. Whereas right. this, you're presumably putting it on, like you said, a high health, low attack minion to get yep. the most out of it. Yeah. Um, you do you do combine two cards into one body, but there's really not that many removals in the game right now. And mm-hmm. uh, as far as the time cards, it didn't really add any removals. Um, it actually diluted removals out of the game. So this is actually a meta <laughs> right now. Where and, and if you're listening to this or watching this and you want to know how to do good in the arena, um, arena is much more aggressive now in terms of good win strategies because the taunts and the removals have been diluted out. The only class that got more taunts or removals is Hunter, who got like you know the the two great removals. I'm sure we'll we'll get to, um, but everyone else, it's uh, 
it's much slower and much less able to like stop your aggression. Mm, um, okay. And uh, blessing of aeons can like um, one, it's part of the problem, but uh, two, it can also take advantage of it, right? Because if you don't have the removals, and like Dread says, you put it on a two five, it's a three six coming back. You need to deal six damage on turn four to kill it. Otherwise, you get more and more and more value, and then it can it yeah. can get some serious value. I I still I don't know I, I we rated it pretty low, um, and. It's uh, it's also misbucketed uh, uh, from, from looking at a, a, a paladin draft. I think it's bucketed a little high to where like you know let's say blessing of might and stuff would be. I think this is in a higher bucket than that, which is uh, hmm. which is which is problematic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not a very uh, it's not a spectacular card. Yeah. Uh, what I do want to talk about is um, the bronze brood ma- uh, brood mother. Okay. Yeah. Which it seems like a pretty normal uh, card, and I didn't really think too much about it when we were mm-hmm. like rating cards or like doing uh, stuff. And it's not rated terribly high. It's a uh, it's a little better than a, I mean, significantly better than Silverhand Recruit, but not like a premium card. Um, and and it's also like not heavily misbucketed or, or anything like that. Um, but okay. the win rates on HS Replay. Oh my god. Are they super high? I didn't even notice that. Uh-huh. The okay, win rates on HS Replay for this, go to Paladin, and then just right, look like... through the deck win rates for cards. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Okay. This card. Well, it's in like 36.4% of decks today, or at least the last 24 hours. So uh-huh. that's a lot. Oh, Wow, and it's a 57.2% wow. win rate. Huh. Steed is 58.9. 57.3%. Why is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a nesting row, row, like a stranglethorn tiger, like a ooze. Like it, it's, it does do well with that the possibility seeker, I guess. Right? Like, and that's a card that's pretty uh, common right now. This one right here, yeah, shuffle. The one where you shuffle your hand into your yeah, deck. Yeah, but still, it it's, it's still, I mean, but requires... It's hard to think that accounts for all of it. Right. right? <laughs> There's I mean, something I think we're not picking up, because it's not well, like, like, obviously, this is not a card that is the most highly skilled card to use, and it's not the highest synergy card. There's just nothing that I'm seeing in this card that will make it, you know, uh, the most amazing, like, one of the great like the best paladin card added in this well, expansion uh, but also yeah, just generally okay. a good card i mean let's let's talk about the fact that it adds a one one so let's just say turns one two three and four if you just got a random one one at any point you know that's that's a nice advantage right just generally like in the in odds the are so low it happens in the first three turns though it's literally a 10 percent chance I don't. I don't see how this win rate is so good. Then outside of that, you know, because that's like the only thing it gives you. the The total value from this card is average, in my opinion. As, you know, compared yeah, right? below average compared to the other cards, in my opinion. So, is there dragon synergy that's know. really good right now? That's in. <laughs> I would uh, say having the dragon tag is probably a bad thing right now because everyone yeah. picks every dragon slayer offered. So huh, that's kind of interesting. Is that card just you know? Yeah. Too many dragons in the arena. Dragon yeah. Slayer value. Well, I mean, I, oh. so Paladin's doing really well right now, right? So mm-hmm. it could be just the fact that Paladin's are doing really well, and, you know, obviously this card's being picked a lot. Um, but, you know, some of these other cards, they're they're just neutral cards, right? Or common. So... Th- yeah, like, okay, it's doing better than a Consecration. <laughs> okay, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Okay, it's doing it's doing point two percent worse. Sorry, it's almost doing better than a consecration. Just to give you an idea of the win rates on this, and I look at win rates to try to see if like either I'm missing something or you know like try to understand the game better. And this is one of those things that I just it's normally like the win rates are normally they're explainable, right? Even if they're not tracking exactly how good cards are, you can be like, oh, this is because you know an average player will play the card this way, whereas I would get more or less value out of a card. But this, it's it's not. Everybody will play this card the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty definitely, pretty interesting. Um, all right, so moving on to shaman. So the two shaman cards were were definitely the two cards when I first looked at the list of cards that, that they announced. I was super excited about because they, I think that the uh, the stasis elemental, which is a four mana three five battle cry, freeze the minion until this leaves the battlefield. I just felt like that text was just. Very interesting. It sounded amazingly powerful, and I just kind of wanted to see it in action. Uh, and then we had the six mana five seven master of realities, which is after you summon a minion, transform it into a ran- random minion that costs two more. So it's like it's like a evolve Hagatha kind of thing going on here. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but you basically get to evolve whatever you play, like behind this card. So um, yeah, both of these cards I, I thought were amazing. Stasis Elemental, has it turned out to be crazy good, Dreads? So, I think this card's a little bit worse than I thought it was at first. Okay. Um, How good did you think it was? I can't remember what my initial rating of it was, but I I thought it would be much easier to protect it so that they can't kill it and then use the minion to attack. Or maybe I wasn't thinking about the fact that it can attack as soon as the minion dies, so if you kill him on that turn, it can attack. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good card. But uh, like oftentimes, at least in, in the way my games played out, it, it wasn't really much more powerful than just like a, an ice to meet you freeze effect for one turn. Um, but mm. it might have been because when I played it, I was generally behind because that's otherwise mm. you, you'll just randomly freeze face unless you have no other plays right for for turn four things. Well, like was your that. deck more of a control deck? Um, man, I can't remember exactly what kind of a deck I had. I just remember I had the Master of Realities and that thing just went crazy. <laughs> I think it was, I had like two hexes, a lightning storm, one volcano. So I think oh, it was a bit more control oriented. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a, a good card and the elemental tag is pretty good right now too, because you have the, yeah. uh, the plus two, two, get a, get a random elemental. So it has some additional value for that. And it, Shaman's one of the classes where elemental synergy is a little bit more of a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, again, I haven't played that much, but uh, just in, I think I had two of them in my draft, and it it, it didn't blow me away. Yeah, have you, have you played um, with them? I I had one in my deck. It was okay. Um, it was it, it did its job. It's a, I would call it like a barely premium card. Like yeah. it's it's premium, but I'm not going crazy. Like this is yeah. not Cavern Dreamer or Master of Realities by a, by a long shot. But it's definitely also like significantly better than any normal neutral card you're going to be able to get. Um, but one thing that I did notice is that people will misplay against this card all the yeah. time, and by people I mean me. Even as Chad no, is yelling at me, I think me. we're all. I think we've all misplayed against this card. Don't do it, Walked out a couple times. Yeah. Because, like, like Dred said, it unfreezes the instant this card is uh, is uh, is off the board. So if you can remove it on the same turn, you want to. But then when you can't remove it, I just, like, forget that that's the case. I just see my board, and I see a frozen minion. I'm like, oh, I don't get to use that minion this turn. I don't think. No, I do get to use that minion if I change my priority of attacks and kill the stasis elemental, right. even if it's, say, like, inefficiently. It means I effectively get, like, a charge minion, like, this turn, right? I get an extra attack this turn, 
with the, the largest minion that has been frozen on my board and not doing anything for a couple turns. So I think it snowballs more than it should if people have like a month to like learn how the card works. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, almost everyone's seeing and playing against this card for like the first couple times. So I think it's going to get more value than than maybe it like should. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating card. I'm actually glad it's not as powerful as originally thought because I could maybe see this being added to the game too. You know, if if it's not too strong, uh, it'd be dangerous. But but I would I think it would play very very interestingly in terms of like you know tempo plays and board plays and things like that. Yeah, I don't right? I don't think it's a game breaking card. Yeah, right? yeah. They put it in, you're going, what the heck? No, not anymore than like <laughs> well, there's a decision, board. right? Like, it's always great to have a decision. Unlike, say, Taunt, right? Taunt, a lot of times, is just straight up. You just, you know, it's not really blocking too much or, or protecting it half the time, right? With this, you kind of have the same same type of interaction, but you have, you, you know, other alternatives to actually get out of it, right? Or or just to, work, to play around it. There's so. so much counterplay to this card. Yeah. So the ability does snowball, I guess. It keeps someone frozen, but... Yeah. It, a lot of counterplay that's right yeah uh masters of reality i mean this this speaks for itself i mean it's a seven health minion and it's got the ability to instantly make whatever minions you play behind it probably worth a mana or two more so um yeah i mean is this one of the best cards in the in this release or is this the best card in this release let me just ask that question what do you guys probably. think it's an, yes. I mean, I shaman did. shaman jumped to the the top class or second. <laughs> yeah. second yep. Right? Yep. From it wasn't. I don't think it was last, but it wasn't doing that well. Yeah, and, it was pretty um, down there. I don't think the stasis elemental would be enough to to you know make that much of a jump. But uh, yeah, I remember I, I played this. I had one of these in my draft um, that went twelve, and I had a violet worm, and I had a turn where it, it stuck around for I don't know one or two turns. And I'm still not in a, a dominating position, but I had a turn where I Sun Fury protected my Violet Worm and another minion. So, you know, my 2-3 turned into some uh, Yeti or something. And then they had to kill the Violet Worm, and it was just like, you know, the one ones evolving each time. And so I have this insane board after they have to make trades because they didn't have a removal. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much game over. So you can do crazy stuff with it, for sure. And just the ability to have your totems become significantly more... More powerful is, is mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't get a lot of value out of the one that uh, that I drafted. Like, I mean, I got plenty of value. It was totally fine. It was a you know better than Boulderfist Ogre card every day, of course. <laughs> um, but I didn't get like the game winning value out of it. But I have been the victim of it uh, a yeah. couple times, so I know what it, what it can do. Uh, we we started out at a one sixty three, which is the highest rated shaman card besides Unstable Evolution. So it, it it is the best card being offered in uh, in this set. Uh, we actually like outside of uh, the legendaries. Like I think Chromie and Morozon are both better. Yeah, I think for for yeah, even for like good players um, and for an average player, Chromie is probably like the best by by a decent margin. You have to yeah. be careful not to be too greedy with this card because you can just see all the lines coming together. Like I had the I forget the name of the card, but the two two Murloc um, Echo card. And so when I had those two in my hand, I was like, can I just wait until a point where I'm sure it will live and then the next turn I can go off? So, but, but oftentimes it was best to not do it that way. Like yeah. just take it from when it was a decent turn and then hope that it sticks. Yeah. Like one of the best parts of Masters of Realities is it's a 5 7 that's literally one stat off of a normally statted arena six drop. And six drops are rare to begin with. So, mm -hmm. 
eighty <laughs> percent index right now. <laughs> like in basically a fifty nine percent win rate. Pretty solid. And Chrome and like you guys said, Chrome and Marzon are better, so it's it's insane. Definitely crazy. Alright, uh see some more classes we got here. We've got Hunter next. Oh yeah, Chrono Shot. Three mana return an enemy minion to your opponent's hand. It costs two more. So kind of this freezing oh, trapfish effect. We rated Chrono Shot five points higher. <laughs> than uh, the Master of Realities. Really? Oh my shot. gosh, yeah. wow, okay. I mean, it's it's super powerful, too. Yeah. Uh, then we've I mean, got... Sap is even higher, so... Yeah, it's... the Infinite Wolf here, four-mana rush. Uh, so it's a five-beast five rush after this attack. Shuffle it into your your deck and give your future Infinite Wolves plus two, plus two. God, I just, like... I'm just, like, dreaming of this card actually being <laughs> constructed with, like, Grizz... You know, just, like, uh, the the Grizzly card and... Not the Grizzly, the Dire, uh, the dire, dire um, Frenzy. Frenzy card. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that'd just be amazing. But um, pretty different cards. First off, the Chrono Shot, the spell, that's kind of like like a freezing trap, but you can choose the target, and it's just, you know, one mana more. Uh, you rated this five points higher than Master Realities. Let's, let's talk about it. It's a sap. It's a sap for one more mana, but... It makes sure your opponent can't play that card as efficiently the next turn. Because that's the worst part about sap, right? You sap a sunwalker, the sunwalker comes back the next turn. Uh, you better have some other way to deal with it, or else you know you get to put a little more tempo on the board, but you still have to deal with a sunwalker. With with chrono shot, one, if you're sapping essentially anything nine mana or above, it never comes back. It becomes an unplayable card. You've just killed it for three mana. Um, but even if you are sapping something like the sunwalker, uh, it it can't come back the very next turn if it's on curve play and even if it's played off curve it will still gain you one extra mana compared to sap over the course of this exchange which if you're pushing which is generally what you do as hunter period and definitely what you do to use chrono shot well then you you push harder like everything's working the right way for this card and um i i never see that two mana like from the sap thing mattering um too much like yeah fine it's plus 50 percent mana but it's just one more mana yeah. I chose four of these in my last... <laughs> <laughs> four of these, uh, yeah. God. yeah. What do you think, Dreads? Yeah, it, it's great. I haven't I haven't drafted it, but you can just tell. Like what Edward said, the fact that you can delete, you know, a Sleepy Dragon from the game yeah. is pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, that upside does, you know, that does make it... Like, I, I don't think this card would be really okay to add to the game permanently, but, huh, I mean, who knows? Um, oh my god it, hunter would be um, crazy good with this yeah. card like ridiculously good yeah and then the the infinite wolf it uh yeah it's kind of an interesting card because again i haven't played with this one but uh based on the wording i, I believe if it, even if it lives it still goes into your deck so unlike uh I think well it's if it dies it doesn't go into your deck it has to live Oh yeah. So if it dies, okay. it's just a four mana five. But it, but it never. Yeah. What I what I mean is it never stays on the an extra turn, right? It's yes. always like yeah. It always out, gets right? shuffled back in your deck, which you know mm -hmm. you have so to draw it again. You know, so it's yeah. It's basically it's a not like unless commander where it stays around if it gets an advantageous trade. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm not really sure what to think about this card. I don't know what the win rates are like or anything, but it, it still seems good. Um, but not on the level, obviously, of Chrono Shot. Yeah. So this card is bucketed super highly. Um, mm -hmm. I uh, I was yeah. uh, very um, very sad about that because a lot of people thought it was one of the most insane cards ever. We didn't rate it as such, and we overestimated the offering bonus as it's, or rather, we 
we forgot to take into account the dilution effect uh, for the uh, for the offering bonus. Anyway, uh, so we dropped Infinite Wolf actually ten points in today's update. Uh, it was a one forty four when we uh, first uh, released it a couple of days ago. Now it's a one thirty four, which is not terribly great. And Infinite Wolves really get better when you have more of them in your deck, right? Especially when you have multiple yeah. ones in your hand. Because you play an infinite wolf, that gets shuffled back, but now you don't have to draw it again in order to get the extra value. It's already in your hand. Because all the wolves get buffed every time one of these oh, gets shuffled. Oh, all of them do. I didn't realize all, all of them, them get do. buffed. So oh, it's get a giant future. network okay. synergy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's where the, the real path. power comes from. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the other hand, right, like at its worst, it's a four mana hard removal, right? Once this wolf is buffed to like, a, you know, 15-15, if you're using it on the board, it's still just a four mana hard removal. And five mana is an actual hard removal. So you're never really getting that much value out of it uh, when you use it as removals, as most people do, even if you get it a couple times. Um, it's a cool card. Yeah, it, it's a very cool design. Yeah, um, and there are weird things you can do with it, but I think it's a lot more. I mean, that's why it's not in constructed. But it's definitely one of those things like you can like ruin a whole entire like constructed like set, right? Like, um, I don't know what I'm not a constructed player, but I'm sure I mean, there's something was, to do with this card. If it was plus one, plus one, not plus. Two, I mean, plus two, plus two, it just gets out of crazy. But if it was plus one, plus one, and maybe you know starts at four four or something like that. I mean, I don't think it would be too crazy because it's rush, and it doesn't matter. Like once it attacks, it it gets shuffled. So it's really a spell that has a in the form of a body, right? Like it's it's almost like a just a you know just a um a damage spell kind with of, with a body. It's weird. But I think that's like, how people misplay it. Like, because like, I I had a I had only one infinite wolf in the mm -hmm. the one hunter run that I did, mm -hmm. but more than half the time that I played infinite wolf. It was just as a body, and I did not rush. I played it as a body because I'm a hunter, and if I have a 5-5 five, five body hmm. on the board, that can go face the next turn. A 4-mana 5-5 five, five is a great card, right? A 4-mana 5-5 five, five beast. Yeah, it, it doesn't is. disappear unless you attack. And yeah, I can't so attack you're just face the first. Having a chill for a turn, I see. Yeah, yeah and trying especially, to trying to make sure you get full full trade on it, right? Versus exactly, especially three, after three. it became a seven seven. Right. After it became a seven seven, I don't think I ever used it as removal. I think I always used it as I have the board. I'm going to drop it so you can't board clear me, and this is going to go face the next turn, so you're going to die. Like, well, and I don't think yeah. people do that a lot because I rarely see it done that way against me. And having like played with this card, I've realized that the scenarios in which that is the correct play is actually quite significant. I don't think it's most of the time, but I think it's a good like at a minimum twenty five percent of the time, if not thirty three percent of the time. Hmm. So okay. I think if you look at HS replay, one, this card is bucketed very highly, so you know you're passing up other good cards to take it. But um, but also too, I think a lot of people are not playing it to its full potential because they're focusing in on the fact that it has rushed and they think they have to attack on that turn to use it. Whereas just playing it as an oversized minion is right a lot of the times. It's like that um, that Acidic Swamp Boots thing we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you get the most value if you hold it for a weapon. But sometimes what you need is that 3-2 on the board. Like, sometimes what you just need is a 4-mana 5-5 five, five that goes face. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. But, you know, if you played the first one, I, I think, would you play it the same way on the very first one? Like let's say yeah. it's on curve, you can just leave it on there. It's going to most likely just be a five-five. Like you don't, you know, you, you mm -hmm. don't have the other one, right? Yep. 
Um, and you just kind of chill for it because you could probably trade, you know, with a, a five drop or, or whatever they come up, come out with later, or they have the two for one or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, or they have to spend resources removing it. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Definitely a very interesting play. Okay. Next up, we got warrior here. So we got fate cleaver. So, uh, the first weapon we're talking about four mana four two after this ki kills a minion, destroy all copies of it, wherever they are. <laughs> okay, and then a uh, six mana five six dragon draconic herald battle cry discover minion give it plus three pr plus three then put it on top of your deck so guaranteed to draw it next turn. Um, all right, so let's talk about this fate cleaver. So after you kill a minion with it, you destroy any copy of it. So you, I guess you so don't. So in want... your deck or your opponent's deck, yeah. on your board or your opponent's board, right? In your hand or your opponent's hand. I've had trouble with this card when I was playing it because yeah. uh, I had a green jelly in my hand and I needed to use it to remove my opponent's green jelly. And I was like, well, I just lost a card, but I'm not gonna let that green jelly sit on the board when I have a very good like removal. Oh, I see. Like I see. things happen. It's hard to tell. A lot of it's very random. Um, the bait, the like. Optimal use case scenarios are like, you know, Saturday Night Chain Gangs or like uh, Web Weaves or like things like that, right? Where the one medium-sized weapon is normally not the best to take right. care of it, and now this gets the job done. But the secondary effect where it's taking stuff out of like hands and decks, it's it's weird. Uh, it's I, I, I don't awesome. know if it's like a positive <laughs> or like a negative thing. It's pretty awesome because like everybody, you know, a lot of people are going to be drafting multiples. Especially of like high high valued minions, right? So, but oftentimes you will too, right? Yeah. So that's the yeah. As long as you're everyone's not... drafting Serenite Chain Gang, right? Okay. So it's weird. It's I it's think pretty it's awesome a, though. I love the design yeah, of it. Yeah, it's I so think cool. It's probably often in most times you play it, it's probably irrelevant. But mm. um, you know, you have to play with a lot to to know. Uh, and for attack. Or four damage, two durability weapon on four is great. If you just like a true silver, the, the healing of true silver is obviously are, are is good, but it's oftentimes not the most important thing. So it's 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 a it's a very good card, and you know, I think it's something where we get probably everyone has to play with it a bit just to get a feel for how often you do have that awkward situation that Adwokta talked about, where it's like I don't want to kill my card, but I have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting card. I don't know yeah. if I'd want this one to be around all the time, just because it could make. <laughs> Uh, it, it counters situations in it, arena. It counters infinite wolf, right? It <laughs> does. Just kills the yeah. pack right there. But you have <laughs> Kill to the alpha. get an infinite wolf on the board to use this. On. Yeah, if yeah. Someone keeps charging with the infinite wolf. It'll never stay on the board. <laughs> That's and true. You have to have it, if it's a five-five, you have to have somebody to go into it for yeah. kill it. Because if you just hit it, it doesn't count. Like. Yeah, it, you have to make sure it, it does a killing blow, right? It's that yeah. it's that stealth wolf, man. It's like hard hard to yeah. actually <laughs> actually swing at it. Um, no, pretty definitely a very very interesting card there with the fate cleaver. All right, draconical herald. Basically, you get a plus three plus three buff on your very next card, and yeah, probably paying a mana for that. So sounds pretty good to me. I rated this card really highly. I don't know if it's as good as I thought it was, but um, being able to discover. You know, discover mm -hmm. effects tend mm -hmm. to be very powerful. Yep. Mm -hmm. And dropping a six mana pit fighter is what I always think of as a five six. Isn't the end of the world. Um, so this this card should be really good, but I, I got to play with it more too. Uh, what did you guys rate it, Edwakta? Uh, one twenty two, which puts it above all four drops. And in Warrior, it's like around the top of the three drop range. So it's like <laughs> around like Dragon Slayer, Eggnapper, Wasp. It's a little below that. 
Oh, so yeah, okay. we rated it pretty high as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not at the level of like Fade Cleaver or like Chrono Shot. Fade Cleaver is 160. Uh, it's, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, just for being a weapon, not really for the ability that got very little value. Well, there um, aren't that many warrior weapons on four. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, it's just Blood Razor and then uh, yeah. and Fade Cleaver. And we put Fade Cleaver above Blood Razor, actually. Um, but the, uh, the Draconic uh, Herald, it's, I played with it and... I thought it was fine. It was just kind of like, that's kind of where it is, like around like the 120s, because it's nice to get to pick your next minion, right? Because it's mm-hmm. the one that you draw next. And uh, especially when you need something like a taunt or something, like you know where how your game is going. You know what mana card you want. Like you can really set it up pretty well. And the plus three, plus three makes some previously not as good cards, like more viable, like low attack, high health cards. Um, but at the same time, a lot of times I didn't want to play it, even though I needed to, because what I really wanted to draw was not a minion, but one of my spells or weapons. Right. <laughs> and it was a low chance that I could draw, like actually get like a charge or rush minion out of it. Uh, it's it's definitely a very interesting card. I think the, the Draconic Herald is probably, if not the most interesting, at least top three of the interesting cards in uh, in this entire uh, in this entire set. Wow. Okay. Very cool, very cool. All right, so we'll move on to Druid here. Before we do, I just want to give a shout-out to just the folks that support uh, Valley Town. That's, of course, our patrons who've been, you know, obviously the foundation of our support for a long time now. So we always like to take a few minutes to give a shout-out to some of the folks that do do so. And if you are interested in supporting, go to patreon.com slash valleytown and make a pledge today. But I want to give a shout-out to our producer, our legendary producer, Mike T., uh, as well as Dave C, Devin Y, Engine S, Paul H, Vincent G, Dan S, L, uh, Lee D, Nick P, Gotrix 2, Jacob P, Risa, Michael S, Dale R. Thanks so much for uh, helping us out, guys. And, um, you know, you guys are one of the main reasons we were able to do this show each and every week. And without you guys, we, we wouldn't be able to do it all this time. And we're on episode 70, 172, getting close to 200. And that's kind of amazing so um yeah just again if you want to support go there and uh any little bit counts you know like even some people think that oh well i'm not gonna bother if you know just gonna be be pledging a dollar or something but you know a dollar goes a long way as you believe it or not you know if i think if everybody that loved the show pledged a dollar we'd be in, in great shape right now so uh yeah just take a look at that whenever you guys get a chance but uh continuing on with our card review here we've got uh the druid which uh has a spell called flash forward Three mana, each player gained two mana crystals and draws two cards. And then we've got uh, a dragon that's a six mana, six, seven, Harbinger of Catastrophe. At the start of your turn, summon the highest cost minion from each player's deck. Which is like, okay, that's generally never a good thing when I'm giving my opponent something good too. Uh, so, but there's so Druid got screwed, is basically. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know if we need to talk about these cards that yeah, much. Yeah, we don't have just... to talk about too much, but mm. I would say don't the play Druid guys. I, I, would, <laughs> I would say the Harbinger is kind of interesting, just because if you do get it, get to pick it kind of early, then you can just draft just really big stuff, right? Hopefully. Um, I guess you that's only get one shot. Idea, you only get one shot. I, I guess you already do that anyway. How, right? how well that actually works? Yeah, yeah. like that's not as druid. You don't want to like draft big stuff usually because what you want is ultimate infestation. So <laughs> okay, yeah, it, yeah. it's still kind take, of a curve. So yeah, it's, it's weird. It's bad. Yeah, <laughs> anytime, anytime it says each player on any card, 
Nah, 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 that's generally not a good card for, for me, or, or at least the card no. that I, I want to play in Hearthstone. And both of these cards basically have that. You can see what they're trying to do with it, right? The cards are supposed to work well together, and you get to yeah. that turn six, and then you're pulling a bunch of big stuff, but it, it, it's got good stats, a six mana, six, seven, but yeah, it's, no, no thanks, I'll pass on Druid for now. I feel like this uh, the development for these cards were like failed constructed cards rather God. than actual arena cards. Because I don't know who would look at this and think this is very interesting for the arena. Like you gotta uh, you gotta make these. So what you're I saying? Don't know, either undercosted or like do something else or delay your opponent. You gotta add something to it, especially when it's coming out with this set. Right? This is like the set of all definitely above average cards and then you have like an unplayable card of flash forward like completely unplayable one of the worst cards in the entire game um and then another one that's you're actually, almost let me never see what the stats it. are on this card <laughs> i actually really want to see what what the stats are on uh these two cards oh uh, it's Any a six guesses? seven six mana six seven yeah well both let's see guess on flash forward Last day, I just... Oh, oh, you're talking about the yeah. win rates. On yeah, what's a, win, what's a win rate in... in well, you have to be... Um, I think you will not be trying very hard if you pick this card, <laughs> so I think it's even lower than the card justifies. Okay. I don't know, 40%. Because okay. uh, HS yes. play players are above average players generally. What's your guess? Oh, my guess. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, Okay. Thirty-five. Okay. How about oh. win, how about how about a number of decks too? Percentage of decks too. All right. I got your win rates, but how about number percentage of decks it's played in? Two percent. Two percent. Come on, dude. It's a Two, new card. 10%. People are gonna play for that. All right. All right. Ten percent. Ding ding. But y'all y'all a little bit off on the win rates though. It's actually oh, hey, it's not that bad. Yeah. True. It's actually not terrible, right? So I mean, even if you added this card, it's the worst. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. It's never a, mind. Yeah. I was totally wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it's close to priest and warrior, which are like the three kind of I would say dumpster tier classes right now. Like, but yeah, it's not a good going spot. into the event, right? Yeah. Okay. No, cur- no, no, no. Currently, right now, currently. Oh, okay. Before Druid was fine. Druid was like, if anything, yeah, yeah. one of the top classes. Um, right. Even if not statistically, like Druid's always been one of those classes where good players get more stuff out of than, right. uh, than average players because it's right. so like fundamentals based and flexible with a lot of choose ones. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's at the bottom of the list right now for uh, the event. But yeah. I don't think it's actually that bad even in this event. I think mm-hmm. it's that ten percent of people pick flash forward that's making Druid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I well, see it. Let me get let's see what catastrophe is. is. Alright, here's catastrophe. Yeah. Catastrophe's not that bad. Look at this. Fifty thirty three percent of decks have this card. Okay, so Druid may actually be one like of the best classes in the arena is what I'm getting out of this because they're surviving <laughs> even though these cards are being selected. <laughs> oh man. I don't know, maybe nobody's drafting big cards. So when they play catastrophe, it's like a ama- or harbinger, it's amazing. You know, it's you never know. You know, they're mm-hmm. get they're getting giant eight eights, and and everybody else is getting six drops of that that draw cards for them if they with battle cry, but they're not getting anything. Yeah. Um, all right, well, anyways, let's and, move and on. The worst part of of the I just want to like crap on this card even more <laughs> uh, on this catastrophe <laughs> card because the worst thing also when you're a druid player if you play arena druid a lot like you know you don't want your opponents to have giant minions on the board you have no hard right. removal That's in right. your entire class outside of naturalize it's That's just right. it's such a non-functional like card that i think it has to be a failed constructed card that they like stuck in so what you're saying is on the day of like all right guys we're 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 shipping these uh 28 cards everybody bring your cards to the table like let's take a final look 
the the person that did the druid kind of overslept and they were they were just like, <laughs> like into the just like, give me two well. cards guys just just hand me two cards <laughs> just throw it out there is that kind of what you're saying <laughs> yeah I feel like because it's it's so different than the other classes like yeah, even when does. you have not a spectacular card like that paladin buff or whatever you can see what they were trying to go for and like it's a definitely playable card yeah yeah these two are I don't know what they're going for and <laughs> they're bad yeah yeah they definitely do stand out in terms of uh, um, how much worse they are <laughs> compared to the other cards. Okay, so uh, we got Warlock next. Grasp the Future. It's a four mana. Draw two cards. They cost two less. So you get definitely a nice discount on those. And then a seven mana, five five dragon. That's Rift Warden. Battlecry, discard a random minion. A death rattle, summon it. Okay. Alright, so... Mm. Uh, you know, this is this is the type of text I've always kind of wanted you know in terms for a discard um you know anything that did that had a discard effect so it's kind of cool that they're trying it out here in, in uh this arena but um yeah thoughts on both any i i haven't seen rift warden played i i think yeah, it's one either. of the i think it's one of the weaker of the new cards but it's not terrible like you, you could make it work but it's not that good um Grasp of the Future is a card I think that might be really good if it was for a different class. Mm -hmm. But with Warlock, you don't really want to spend four mana to draw two cards. I mean, granted, you get the discount, so it's it's you know it's better than that. But uh, you know that takes a good portion of your turn. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't I don't haven't seen these cards played yet, but I can't imagine they're all that strong. So I I mean, Grasp of the Future is it should remind you a little bit of like uh, Primordial Glyph, right? Um, but obviously not as powerful because it's not in uh, in in Mage. Um, cards are just worth less in Warlock because you have that hero power and it's four mana, so that makes it much more clunky. Kind of like Farsight too, right? Similar. Yeah, like yeah. Farsight, but you get yeah. two cards. But yeah, right. yeah. similar uh, similar idea and less chance of hitting uh, smaller cards. Um, and the fact that you get two cards, I think, is important because it means you're going to get a lot of card advantage out of this card uh, without taking face damage. And even more important, this is something that mages do very well, but warlocks do even better, which is you sometimes want to spend your mana but not do anything. Like, oh. especially for warlocks with the double-sided board clears, like, you want to be able to bank some mana. Or for warlocks, let's say, in zoo, when you're up ahead really hard, you don't want to spread even more because all the cards in your deck are these, like, small minions of four health and yeah, low. Yeah. And so you can spend your mana like this and literally just bank your mana so that once you get cleared or, uh, you know, once you clear them, you are fully out on the board and you really take control of things. Um so I actually, I, I like this card the more I think about it. I started off, like, kind of where Dreads is, like, a little air on the card. Um, but the more I, like, I, I see it, I don't know if people are doing this intentionally or not, but these scenarios just kind of come to you as you're playing the game uh, with, with this card when you see it. it, um, it I think it's more useful than, than it may initially look. And I agree on Rick Warden. feels like another card you have to play with a bit, or at least see yeah. playing against you more often to, to know how to evaluate it correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Depends on the meta, you know, how how can much how often can you afford to, to take that, you know, pay four mana to get two cards and then mm -hmm. so yeah, it's it's an interesting card. I, I do like the design. Alright, how about this Rift Warden? Where you, you, you... I, I'm with dreads. It it's there. It exists. There. Um, <laughs> the mechanic there. is interesting, I agree with yeah. you, but um it, they they bucket this one pretty high as well for what it is mm -hmm. and um it I don't know. I don't know if I would ever recommend someone take it, 
Uh, you can't set up your turns as well in Arena as in Constructed. And it's five health, which means in Arena, if your opponent doesn't want that thing to die, and they won't, uh, it's just not going to die for a while. Yeah. So The yeah. good thing about it is if you think of that, was it the Cruel Dynamancer, the 5-5, five five where you... Oh, yeah, you if you summon... throw a card away, you get it back. Yeah, but it was, it was only... So if you threw away a spell, then it didn't really do anything. At least right. with this one, yeah, you it discards a minion. A minion yeah. And so you definitely will get something. Right. Yeah. Assuming you well, unless you don't have a minion, right? right. If right. you don't have a minion in your right. hand, that's going to suck. But it's more likely to to be useful, I right. guess. But yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's an okay card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we have a rated right below uh, uh, Threshadon. We had a rated above Threshadon. We just dropped it today. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, uh, the Threshadon is a 7 out of 5, 7. That's yeah, that's not terrible. Yeah, right, yeah. It's pretty good. It's a fine card. Yeah. All right, Priest, let's move a little bit quicker here. <laughs> I think we've been, been taking our time, but we've been, I mean, yeah, it's been great. The cards take a long just, time to get through, actually. Yeah, yeah they I do. talk about each one, so. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Priest. All right, just, we got two spells. One's uh, one mana ripple in time. Discover a minion. If you play it this turn, it has echo. Uh, and then the next one is two mana spell reminisce. Add two random cards your opponent played this game into your hand. So, um, you know, nothing too crazy here. I mean, the Echo one, I guess, could be interesting. I guess if you pick a semi-cheap one, maybe like a three-mana minion, you can play three times. Um, yeah, Ripple in Time has some, some crazy upside if you are able to play late in the game. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, they're both, you know, okay cards, I would say. R Reminisce is, is a good card. Um, but, yeah, you know, if you look side. at some of the other cards, the shaman cards, and you're like, these aren't quite on that. <laughs> well, these are very similar to card. I mean, kind of. Well, maybe not so much Ribble in Time. Ribble in Time's kind of, I guess, Glinda like, but Reminisce definitely feels like some some card they've d designed or some combination of a few few mm -hmm. things they've already designed. Yeah. yeah. I actually have uh, we have Ripple in Time rated much higher than Reminisce. Like, I really like Ripple in Time as a card. Like, the problem with Reminisce, it's 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 worse. Like, it's you know, you draw two cards. It's kind of like a thought seal. Um, but you kind of know what's going on. Problems, guess, right? so, yeah, it's going to be bad cards. Your opponent's going to play a coin like half the time at some yeah, point. Sure. Like, Also, if your opponent played any cards you actually wanted, which are usually game winners, they would have already won the game, and this is probably not going to get you back. This goes. It has that same issue that that, uh, that rogue card has, I think, um, mm -hmm. where the, the rogue card is the one you play, this is the one your opponents play. Yeah, the deja vu. Yeah. yeah, deja vu. So it's similar, yeah. and I'm just not as high on these as... Uh, um, as just regular card draw cards. So this one's discounted, which is nice. Um, but still, you're just, I don't think the quality of the cards you're going to get is going to be, uh, on average, anywhere near like getting a card from your opponent's deck or from your deck. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, Ripple in Time, it makes all three choices legitimate. Because normally, yeah. you get a, if you discover a minion, you don't really have that much of a choice. There's going to be like terrible minions. There's going to be minions that are just too small, especially when you're trying to discover it and play it on the same turn or whatever. But this makes everything like What, what three draw do we want from Priest? What, what echo card? Yeah. There's so many, so many things go crazy when you echo. Like the Murloc that buffs itself. Oh, I'm sure Twitch chat can, can find. Uh, much better things than I can, uh, but just some cards are just not meant to be echoed. And oh, once man, you the get two it, drop, um, just the the Shadow Ascendant would be pretty. Shadow awesome. Ascendant, oh my that god, that would be disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, four of them yeah. or something like that. Ooh, someone on Reddit was saying how they crazy. lost because someone rippled in time uh, a Goldshard Footman. 
Like, yeah, you you know, oh, if you yeah, need yeah, it to get sure. through and you have seven taunts now to get through, <laughs> you're screwed. Like not bad, it, man. Not bad. Yeah. It's like seven fourteen amounts of stats you get from that bad boy. That's pretty good. Uh, all right. And you still have two more mana. Yeah, that's true. You can heal yourself too. Pretty nice. Okay, let's go through some of the uh, the neutral ones. Where's they? here they are. Okay, so uh, we've got 10 neutrals, um, kind of showing them all at once. Maybe just a top row here. We've got Infinite Murloc, which is Battlecry Shuffle and Infinite Murloc into your deck. Your future Infinite Murlocs get plus one, plus one. So kind of like the Wolf, uh, just a, a much smaller version of it. It doesn't have Rush. Very bad. Yeah, it's, it's a very not bad a version. Not a class card, yeah. so you don't get as many of them offered to you. Yeah. It's just not. I'm it's just a card you probably shouldn't draft. <laughs> Never draft it. Actually, no, it's, it. not, even, it's not even in the lowest bucket. All right, let's oh, see, really? let's see uh, what yeah. this one is. Yeah. Never draft it. Okay, let's see what this one is. <laughs> uh, Infinite Murloc. I'm, I'm curious, actually. It should be very low because it's not even in the last bucket. So people had to have passed up oh, decent cards to take this. A, do we even have enough data for this? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> I'm sure we do. People would take I've seen it played against me a couple times. Yeah. Okay. And I haven't played that much, so. It's not coming up. Jeez, let me see. It's such a meme card. There's people posting about facing an opponent with like six of these in their deck. Like, yeah, I must be doing something. But anyways, let's keep going. So, temp uh, temporal anomaly. Uh, it's a two mana two two elemental. This is the one I was referring to when we were talking about the dragon for paladin. Mm -hmm. When you draw this, add a random spell to your hand from from yeah. your class. So, um, you know, nice free mana there. And then uh, timeline witness. Three mana, two four minion. Instead of drawing your normal card each turn, discover a card from your deck. Yeah, man, I've been burned by this card a couple times. And then Chromie, four mana, four four battle cry, shuffle four historical epochs uh, into your deck. And um, the historical epochs, I forget what's the text is on those. Um, uh, give your minions plus two plus two, deal two to your opponent's board, draw two legendaries. Mm-hmm. Man, that's I think, what's crazy. the last one? Like, draw two cards from like a different time or something like that. Oh, like, okay. uh, some other draw two. Event. Yeah. Uh, so they're all so, pretty pretty good. Yeah, they're all pretty good. They're not as good as a 4 4 on the board, the way Faldori does, but you get four yeah. of them. So it kind of evens up. Yeah. So amazing card. <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty awesome card. At least a card, a really fun card. And this is the card, uh, you know, Edwakta was saying that is legend because of this, this yeah, dragon you see stuff. It? Yeah, this dragon the little dragon the thing there. on the top. Yeah, so you yeah. can tell. Um, of course, it was right there in front of us the whole time, and like <laughs> pretty much nobody noticed. Uh, so, <laughs> right. Um, okay, so let's talk about these four. Um, which ones stand out to you the most? Like any comments? Just jump jump in with any of them at this point. Um, yes. So quickly, I mean, temporal anomaly. I think this is a card where it depends on the class a little bit. Like in mage, it should be pretty good. Some classes maybe not as good but i'd say that's a pretty good but not game breaking card this uh the timeline the, the third card the three cost timeline um, witness witness yeah. yeah so it i think it's not quite as good as i thought i was really afraid of this card but when it's been played against me it hasn't felt as strong as i thought and you, you do you know a three minute two four isn't ideal um mm -hmm. especially with a lot of four threes and or some four threes at least going around. Chromie's insane. And what I'll say about Chromie is I drafted it with the possibility seeker here in the bottom left, and that combo together is is, is pretty nuts. And it's also <laughs> up against really bad cards when in the draft. So you just take it when you see it. Um, That's right. And, we were talking about this before. I can't believe this is not the highest bucket. 
Yep, it was up against the the four drop prince card, and then I can't remember the the third one, but it was it was just auto pick, like not even close. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, um, yeah, I mean, Chromie's really good. Um, uh, Timeline Witness is going to be over bucketed. I think Blizzard also thought it was a better card than it actually is. Uh, we started it off at a ninety six, which is like almost ten points below a Yeti, so. It's not that great, um, and it hasn't performed that great. I, I took it once just to like see what it's about. It didn't live for me to do anything with it because it only has an ability if it lives a turn. Yeah. Um, so if you're not playing it on turn three, it's probably not going to live that much. And even if it does live, right, the ability's not the best ability in the world. You'd rather mm. like get a one-one on the board. Um, this is arena. You're not. It's not really constructed. You're not usually not like searching for a specific um card and if you are searching for a specific card it's usually a pretty desperate situation in which case you can't wait a turn and then have this guy live like it's just it, it's not matching up to where you would want this ability um temporal anomaly has a nice uh i like doing this okay so first of all i like the card design i like the fact that it's a two drop that if you keep it in your hand it doesn't do its thing because you never draw it, like in the mulligan. <laughs> it's it's great. I love this, like, downside. You don't draw it. I draw it. <laughs> I definitely drew it once or twice. <laughs> like, on uh, into your turn two? No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I drew it in my mulligan. I mean... Oh, or, yeah, no, 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 but that's what I'm it, saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Up there. Yeah. Yeah. Right, oh, I get it in my mulligan, too. Yeah. Um, but what I do in my mulligan, usually, is I keep it. I purposefully keep it in my mulligan and just what? treat it as a two-mana 2-2. Two, two. Because in the arena, especially in this meta, what well, you want is to be okay. aggressive. And I'd rather have a two-mana 2-2 two, two most times, uh, especially if either wow. I don't have a lot of two-drops in my deck or I have a coin. Okay. Um, I'd rather go out fast and just have a two-mana 2-2 two, two as a bad card in my deck than to either potentially miss my curve or to get it later <laughs> on and get like a card draw value. Like I know not a lot of people do it. I can't tell you that it's like 100% correct, um, but I found myself doing that quite a bit. Probably a, depends on how many twos you have in your draft, yeah. how good they are and things like that. It, yeah. it depends on a whole bunch of things. I'm not saying like that's what you should do. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you have a very normal deck and you're going <laughs> first, don't, don't keep this. Um, but, uh, but I have done it uh, quite a number of times. And I think that the fact that I'm making that decision means that it's an interesting decision because usually people wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a valid thing to do, and that's caused by this mechanic. Yeah. Uh, so I found that to be oh, okay. very very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as you brought up before, like you see this card everywhere now because mm -hmm. it's a good two mana card, and there's no two mana cards in this set otherwise. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, moving to the bottom row here, there's some a lot of interesting cards here. Uh, four mana, four five possibility seeker. It's a dragon. Battlecry. Shuffle your hand into your deck and then draw that many cards back so you get to it's pretty nice you get to basically re uh redraw your hand and then five mana six three time timeway wanderer battle cry discover a spell reduce the cost by five then put it back uh, put it on the top of your deck so you draw it like next turn or, or if you have a draw card you can draw it immediately five mana five five wildland adventurer battle cry add a random card from the hall of fame to your hand Always fun little flavor there. And then finally, 6-mana, 10-10, Stasis Dragon. Of course, the dragon starts dormant. This awakens with Rush after two turns. Oh, I'm really curious to see how you rate this, because I I've, I feel like I've gotten a lot of these cards. I've actually drafted a bunch of these, yeah. and I just don't get to use them all. <laughs> or I, I pay the price for it, because I'm obviously giving up a lot of tempo to play this, at least for two turns. So... Um, yeah, why don't so we start there with the dragon? Yeah, what, what, like how how okay, good is the dragon? Well, 
Okay, let's start with the dragon. Dragon, we have at a 125 in neutral, okay. which is bad. a tiny bit above Keening Banshee, below Eggnapper, below Wasp, but like around that level. Yeah, okay. Like, we think it's very good. Yeah. Um, and it is like barely a curve card because you do kind of cede the, the entire, like everything to your opponent for a turn. Mm -hmm. um, but then you get to use it like right afterwards. And at a 10 10, it's hard for most things to remove it. And it's not even going to stay a 10 mana. Uh, I mean, it's not even going to stay like having 10 health. Like, one of the things you're most afraid of with putting a giant minion out is it gets hard removed immediately. Here, you're guaranteed to get, like, some of that value at least, and then they're going to use the removal. So, yeah. like, even as a very heavy tempo player, this is this is a good thing. And it also fits the description of, like, helping you dodge board clears and things like that, which, um, especially if you're going a little bit aggressive, is is very good. So I think, oddly, this is not a bad aggro card. Um, it's also not a bad control card. I think it's a weak mid-range card. Uh, so if you keep playing a mid-range deck, you probably can't afford to lose the, the tempo on the margins. Like, it'll mess up your later turns, and I don't know if this card can actually get it back. But if you're controlling, you're setting up board clear, disappearing, like basically having stealth for two turns is a really good setup, and you use your mana, oh, right? going back true. to this idea yeah. that you need something to do with your mana, but you don't want to either put anything on the board or to overextend the board if you're really far ahead. Yeah, so that makes it, sense. It, it's better the weirder your deck is. Um, well, I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a, so yeah. I had a funny. Um, <laughs> I think the the very first game I played, I, I, uh, you know, just playing on the arena, I ended up having this card and I played it. And I was playing against a hunter, and he played Crushing Wall against it, and didn't realize it didn't do didn't anything realize, yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh god, that was so funny. <laughs> Uh, he Oops. immediately conceded after that. It was it was actually <laughs> funny. He didn't have to, but he just did. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but Dred, so yeah, what, what's your take on this this dragon? Um, yeah. So so when it's been played against me, it hasn't felt that strong. I haven't drafted it yet. Um, this is a card where, in my mind, it's kind of similar to how I feel about Frozen Crusher. If you know, it's a mm -hmm. six mana eight eight. Yeah. After it attacks, it, it freezes. And so my problem with with cards like these right now is there's quite a few cheap taunts like everyone's taking every um how long can this go on they're not changing um <laughs> and it, it's easy to kind of set up a turn where like because when you play this card you need to have that swing like on turn eight it needs to have a good kill you know and stay around and if, if you're able to react to that card and put up little taunts or not give him that just a big minion you don't even have to to have taunts if they're just a bunch of little spread board it's not going to be that good on that turn um Obviously, if you're low, and then the next turn it's going to come for ten face, and you can't afford that, and that you know that's another story. But it, it hasn't seemed that good when it's been played against me. But I, yeah, I want to try it out, and you know, for, for myself at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. That's exactly true. Like, which is why if you're ahead on the board, you get to take care of all the small taunts on your own like right. terms. If you're very behind on the board. You want them to play a lot of small things. That's what your board clear is for. And yeah. when you're in that mid-range area where those small taunts will actually get you and you don't have the tempo to necessarily deal with it and, you know, your hand is a little... You need that tempo. And when you don't have that tempo, it hurts. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I think that's exactly right. All right, Possibility Seeker, man. I've, I've been having fun with this card. I, I, I've, I felt like this card's won me games. Like, I, you know, just whenever I've gotten a chance to play it and, you know, re... Just basically redo my entire hand and get you know cards that that were actually much more useful for me. Uh, yeah, I like the card too. I, mm -hmm. I think it it is strong, but it does make you think, right? Because mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you'll have your curve set up, 
Mm-hmm. You're like, yep. I don't want to miss out on my nesting rock into Boulderfist Ogre <laughs> or whatever. Right. And so then when you toss it, you're like, but but you kind of need to have a better, you know, the other cards in your hand aren't very good. And you're like, well, I guess I'll go for it. You're hoping. So it, it makes you think, you know, is it worth it or not? So I do like it for that reason. And it seemed pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, like I, I said, I had it with Chromie, and it was pretty insane. So I played in Rogue. I mean, you know, like when you get the classic, I got too many spells. You know, when you're when you're Rogue, yeah. And it's just like playing this card in four. It's just like, yes, this is for, it's a four or five too. It's get like this is pretty nice. Yeah, I think it's be. almost always good on turn four uh, because even if you have a five drop, you can shuffle and get that card. You'll likely get Thank one. You. Yeah. Even yeah. if you don't get a five drop, you get like a three and a two or like something, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't hurt you too much. What I hated about it, and again, overall, I think it's better than Yeti. It's definitely like a positive ability. But what I hated about it is when I had like a card I needed or else I wouldn't have a shot at the game. Like I have a Warpath in my hand. I'm just waiting for it because I've already lost the board. But I really do want a Yeti on the board. Like this is what I need to do with this turn. I have like three yeah. or four cards left. I don't have a lot of choices. One of them is a Warpath that I'm holding on to. And I can't play it. Like, because if I yeah, play I had a it, Lich King at some point, where yeah. it's just like I, I, I need to have a play yeah. for the like the next turn, and I had like four eight drops in my hand somehow. I don't remember how I got in that situation. I think it was off a Stone Hill or something. And anyways, I was like, well, I got to do it. It hurts, but it's the right play. So it's a cool it's card. A, it's a great, it's a great card because yeah. it makes you think about all these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the right decision is. And I could probably play with this card another 30 times before I have like a very good idea of like decision-making involving this card. Um, and that's, that's a, it's a new it's mechanic a and we haven't seen it before. Yeah, yeah, it is. I really, I hope this kinds of, uh, these kinds of cards uh, come back into play, even if like in a real set. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Even if it, and it's hard to say, right? Like, on one hand, drawing cards is RNG. On the other hand, the cards you drew were also RNG. So getting a, a mulligan kind of, like, actually lowers your RNG, and you can tilt it in different ways. Yeah, but, So I think you know, this is the kind of good controlled RNG that Blizzard makes. Right, was. right. And, I mean, I think it works for all formats, too, because you can choose not mm-hmm. to play it. You don't have to put it in your deck, right? Yeah. Like, and and I, I think that people can get very creative or play the odds, right, and play it into a deck that, that would... You know, I think it functions very well. Or, or some decks, like I said, you know, you're going to get like just, um, just really terrible draws at some point, right? And and this is a, a card that might help with correcting it. I don't see it being played like I, you know, in constructed. I, I would be surprised if this card actually ever was ever super viable. But mm-hmm. I could see at least maybe like one or two, two uh, very niche decks, you know, tr- throwing it in there and and having some success and fun at the same time. Which would be, yeah. would be exciting. Okay, Timeway Wanderer. How about this one? Basically, uh, it's it's almost like a like a free spell, <laughs> like you know, coming up next in your hand. What do you I, think? I want to talk about this with Wildlands Adventure because okay, they're sure. actually in the same bucket. Oh, I've okay. actually had these yeah. come up as choices that I've had to make multiple times already because they all have the offering bonus. Mm-hmm. So they're if not in the same bucket, they're at least in one of the crossover buckets together, um, which is for Wildlands Adventure. It's just it's not as good as Timeway Wanderer. Yeah. Like, it's kind of in the same ballpark. I can see why Blizzard made the buckets like that, but it's kind of sad because it means I very rarely get to take a wildlife, a Wildlands Adventure, which means I don't get as many rags and Sylvanas as I want. Because <laughs> uh, the Wildland Adventure, you don't take it to, like, draw a random, like, whatever card, and it'll usually screw you over more often than not. But when it hits, it's a rag or a Sylvanas, two out of, like, 14 times or whatever. Um, so... It's a horrible card design, in my opinion. You don't want that kind of variance, uh, but it's just it's not a terribly great card. Um, it's good. It's better than most, you know, uh, neutral cards. It's better than Getty or or um, stuff. But 
it's not like as good as if you just like drew a card. Um, and Timeway Wanderer does the kind of uh, the opposite thing, where rather than gain card advantage, you gain tempo. You gain a delay tempo of up to five mana. It's actually really hard to. I was afraid of this card when I first rated it. I was thinking, oh, they're gonna try like you're gonna get five mana's worth of tempo the next turn. That's something that will like ruin the whole game. And it's become it's actually very difficult to get a card that you want mm-hmm. that's five mana or above. Yeah. Uh, in the spells, a lot of spells that you want that are good are actually fairly cheap. So it's not it's not as bad um, as uh, as I thought it was going to be. But the design, right? Even if it's fair, the design is is this problematic thing where it has the potential to cause these giant swings and a not insignificant um, not, insi- not insignificant percentage, and it's not very controllable. It's kind of just what you're offered with your three cards that you can discover. Well, I mean, a, so. a good example is just UI, right? Like, I mean, yeah. if you UI for mm-hmm. the it's very a next example. turn. Exactly. I mean, that's broken. <laughs> like, how yeah, right? interesting with that card. I haven't drafted it, but when it's been played against me, it hasn't, I've always been scared. And I, I'm yet again. I haven't played that much, but it's yet to really, you know, nail me. Mm-hmm. Like I was in pyro range. I think I was even in fireball range. And a mage played this. I was ahead mm-hmm. in the bar. But I'm like, oh, it's over. And somehow the best card that he pulled was an arcane explosion. I don't know how. <laughs> like I, I didn't even have that much of a spread board. And I'm like, oh, and, he, and he plays it, and it does like nothing. And I'm like, what? How you know? Maybe they were just terrible options, but yeah, yeah it's interesting. Uh, it's about actually, a quarter chance to get reach. Even yeah. you know, yeah. like that's all he has. He has a one quarter chance that one of his three cards has reach. That's not that yeah. high. Yeah, yeah, it, it, isn't. it hasn't seemed as insane as maybe I thought at the start. The, the Wildlands Adventurer card that that's actually a card that I thought. So I, again, I have to play more with it, but but just looking at it to me, it seems better than um than the Timeway Wanderer just because. Wow. It, it's not understated, and you instantly and you can get one of these game breaking cards. You might not, but you aren't really paying that much of a penalty. It's still a five mana five five. But, oh, uh, but the card you get is so uh, could be so bad. No, it, could be so really, it can be super bad. Yeah, yeah, you like, can get you know things that do nothing basically. Yeah, right. right. Or yeah, yeah, so basically right. nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my like that swing is more at least for Timeway Wonder. I know I'm at least getting like two or three mana back the next turn. With yeah. Wildlands Adventure, I'm like getting a rag or like a third of the time getting something I will not play yeah. until it's the last card, or you know I'm just like filling out the mag mana. Yeah, but, well, but one thing is you you do lose out on the card draw, right? With that, yeah, card, well, with uh, with Timeway Wonder, yeah. Uh, well, you, uh, you don't well, think of it as getting a card. Yeah, you just get think of it as getting mana. But, yeah, but if you, you compare it to Wildlands Adventure... You're, oh, yeah, yeah. Wildlands Adventure you know, gives, a, you, um, it gives you a it's card. It's the opposite. Yeah, that card, it's the opposite. Just, yeah. yeah. Wildlands Adventure is card advantage. Timeway Wanderer is uh, tempo. Could be, a, could be a big tempo. Unless you got a card. Also, unless you got like Sprint or something. <laughs> it could yeah. be both, potentially. But yeah. They're yeah. interesting yeah. cards, though. I want to play with them more. I'm excited to play do the event for three weeks. All right, Fine. so the last two cards, one of them being one of the strongest cards that we were mentioning, which was a Murazond, Murazond, which is a seven mana, six, six dragon battle cry. From now on, your turns are 15 seconds and you draw two extra cards. So uh, definitely changes the clock on you, but you get you know a reward for that right but it's from now on right like it changes for good that your um your turns are 15 seconds 
Um, is it just your turn? I don't think I've just your turn. It's Not just your, your turns. turns. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's just your turns. And then we lastly we got fifteen mana eight eight. Of course, it's a it's a giant time bound giant. Costs one less each card you've drawn. You know this this uh, this game, or just yeah, just generally. So um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the giant first, and we'll get to Marathon afterwards. Um, yeah, I mean, not too much to say about this. Like, I guess the only thing interesting is just power wise. Like, let's let's compare it to other giants. Like, where would you put it oh, next to some well, of the other giants? I, I have so much to say about Time Bound Giant. Okay, I think yeah. especially because Time Way Wanderer wasn't as like bad as I thought it was going to, like mm-hmm. as terrible for the game as RNG heavy as I thought it was going to be. Time Bound yeah. Giant is the new like boogeyman, I think, in this set. Um, and and Morazan wow. and Chromie are uh, are legendaries. So you don't see them as often. Okay. Okay. Think about it uh, this way. Wow. This is a card that will gain you X amount of tempo when you play it, right? If you play it on turn seven, it'll gain you like half a tempo. It's not, it's a eight, eight for seven mana. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But if you play anytime after turn seven, you are gaining X tempo depending on how many turns have passed because this is not for each card that you draw with this card in your hand. This is for each card you've like ever drawn in the game. Yeah, that's so. Uh, and I, I'm assuming it doesn't count the cards you start with, right? It no, just, it doesn't count the cards you start with. So it's just like number of turns in the game plus anything that says draw a card from your deck, right? Like any kind of cycles, any kind of draw effects. So setting aside the synergies, which is ridiculous, you basically draw cards for free at that point um, when whenever this card is uh, is in your hand or drawn from the card draws. Even just normally, it means that this card provides a tempo swing of however much you want. All you got to do is have enough stuff to play before then to not lose tempo on the board. So let's say you're a mage and you have some card draws and whatever things like that and you can just like keep using your mana and playing stuff and it's like turn 15, which happens very frequently in uh, in this new meta if you're playing a normal like deck because things are slowed down a little by the time cards. Then you get to decide on which turn to gain like six tempo out of nowhere. This is that's pretty crazy. Exactly, because this isn't even like uh, the other giant, the sea giant. But we rate this card like t- twenty points higher than a sea giant. Now, it's not like a game-breaking card in terms of like the actual value, because you know it doesn't come into play until way later in the game. It's rated a one twenty-nine in neutral. Um, that's that's still pretty high. It's higher than like all the neutral other neutral cards, um, but um, but not like super premium, just regular premium. Um, but you get to control it. A sea giant, you have to play it on the turn in which your opponent has a bunch of cards in. Whether you want to or not, your mana is a little awkward. I mean, maybe you don't need it at this point. But time-bound giant, you can totally plan for. There's no like actual RNG involved in it. It's just a problematic card because of the amount of tempo you're guaranteed to gain. As soon as this card is in your hand, you know you will gain that much tempo. Or if you're drawing towards the later end of your deck, you know that this tempo yeah, you could, is potentially you could play a free 8 age. If it's yeah. late enough in the game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't played with this card yet, and I actually haven't seen it played against me, but it, it does seem like it could be a little bit of a problem. And, and not a real fun way to lose. Not that there's many fun ways to lose, but, oh, he had that in his hand for a long time. Oh, I don't have an answer, and that's a free 8-8, right? So I, I don't think this I, one is one of the better designs. Yeah. Um, as far as yeah. The cards go. yeah, agreed. And, and, and Possibility Seeker's a card. Just right, which yeah. makes it even more. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what's <laughs> awesome too. And it's it's very common. I mean, I 
they have everywhere. Right, right. All right, Marazon, this is crazy, crazy thing. I've always wanted, you know, uh, definitely speed. Hearthstone's always been on the brain, at least, you know, in terms of some kind of fun element uh, or, you know, just having that that be uh, a little bit, um, you know, just just not. Not something that you have to wait until the end, you know, the end of the game to get a, get some kind of crazy dragon to play it. So Mirrors on for fifteen seconds. I mean, that's like that's not very much time to actually get any kind of turn in. Did Is that worth the two? What, what was wrong? Like Nazdormu was fifteen seconds, but it was actually like twenty four or something. I think for the longest time. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. I don't know if they fixed but, it. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they have. Let's just say they have. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Is this? I mean, this card's clearly fun to actually experience, but is it actually worth a, a two extra cards here? So I think I was a little bit wrong about this card. Like, I, from what I've been hearing, okay, again, I, since I haven't played a ton, um, I thought fatigue would be more of an issue than it sounds like it is for people playing this card. It's surprisingly I, not. I don't know either. I, I had the same thought you the did. Body, right? Like it, it you. It's a six-six. So. As opposed to the the mage weapon, right? Because that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, know, it's like a Luna mage weapon. Right. Yeah, Luna. Yeah, where it's like, but uh, but when you play that, you aren't doing anything on the board. So with this, you play it and you get a six six. So maybe that's why it's been a little bit different than what I thought. But yeah, I was worried that you play this and you know, put the the side. If you're super focused, fifteen seconds is enough time. You know, as a streamer, it could be a little tough if you're. But you'd have to focus when you play the card. Um, but yeah, it sounds like from what I've heard, it's really, really strong, and you know, and fatigue doesn't sound like it's as much of an issue as I thought. So um, I'm just gonna have to defer to people that have told me about how how they've about their experiences with the card, um, because I, I I didn't think it would be as good as it sounds like it is. Um, I uh, I haven't had the luxury of drafting this card, uh, but I haven't seen it that often, probably, yeah. right? So. Uh, well, you would think, but, you know, I've seen it many times in the arena. Uh, <laughs> but that makes sense. You know, you get up in the higher win rates, um, and uh, these decks kind of carry. And this is definitely one of those minions that, that carries an entire deck. Uh, we started it out 10 points higher than a Lich King. That's how good oh, we man. thought the card was. And wow. that's... Like that, I mean, the algorithm looks at your percent chance of fatiguing and how much damage you take from fatigue and the cards you miss from drawing and all of that stuff. Um, so it's doing that pretty, uh, pretty well. And this is the number it came out, and I was like, I'm just gonna go with it. I can't like mentally figure this out, you know, better than a, uh, better than the the algorithm that we we kind of have set up. So we went with it, and uh, I don't know if it's better than a Lich Gear or not, but it's definitely very powerful. And I have yet to see anybody that I face fatigue with it. They've all just won the game or died, like uh, <laughs> after after playing this. Um, it's there's so many cards. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, just generally, fatigue doesn't happen that often in arena, right? Like um, usually not, but you're drawing three cards every yeah, turn now. Yeah. With Alanith, so, it can. Like I, I've I had one deck actually where I made Alanith work okay because I did have a bunch of runes and a pyro and things. Yeah. And it was still close. A lot of games where if I got hit by a blizzard or something and didn't get the burn, fatigue becomes a real issue. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you're right. It's because there is a body. Because for Alunith, when you play it, you have to catch up for like two turns before you're in yep. the position that you were in. And then you're, you know, you're 
two turns in, uh, two turns deeper in. And also, I think Alunathus draw three cards on top of your normal draw, right? So it's one oh, more. So it's one card. more, is that right? Yeah, it's one more card than this, which okay. still you know, makes yeah. a difference. Which is a big difference. It's a little yeah. slower. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this card doesn't have as much fatigue issues. It still has potential for fatigue issues, right? You put the you put the inevitability on your opponent winning the game, not on you winning the game. Um, but it's just after one turn, the card gets the value it's supposed to get. So after two turns, you're just drawing free cards, assuming you don't fatigue. It's it's not a fair card. It's not a fair card. Yeah, would it, be it's, okay it's, with it's this. Pretty one crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah. would not be okay with this one existing, even as a legendary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Great card. I I uh, I can't wait to try to get it one of these days. I'm definitely gonna have to play some more games before I can actually have it offered to me. But um, but overall, lots of cards that we talked about just now that pose very interesting situations and you know thing cards that we just can't figure out right away. That's always a good good sign that the design's very very good for the cards. So um, uh, definitely kudos to the Blizzard team for for uh, all, almost all the cards, you know, with exception to a few of them. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job overall. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. All right, so top, you know, three to five cards. What, what, what do you think your favorite cards are? Oh, that Shaman Elemental, definitely. Okay. Uh, the one that uh, cuts someone in stasis, like keeps them frozen as long as... Oh, that's one of your favorites. Oh, I didn't that's think that would be one of my favorite cards. Okay, awesome. I just like the design. You mean top five in power level or like just how much favorite, like favorite? Oh yeah, yeah. favorite. Yeah. yeah, that's not top five in power okay. level, yeah. but definitely like my favorite um, in in terms of design. I, I really like it. Um, I don't even mind the infinite stuff. Um, okay, it hasn't been it hasn't been bad. I, I expected it to be worse than it actually is. As it is, it's like an interesting quirk in the arena. Yeah, if you can get mirrors on with the infinite. Wolf or whatever. Oh. oh man, that's awesome stuff right there. That could oh. be sick. Uh, all right, Dress, how about you? Favorite card? Maybe we just pick one. How about that? Yeah, I mean, favorite card. I'm going to take the, the easy way out here and go with the, the Broken Shaman card, the Master of <laughs> The realities. Master of Realities. I, I okay. do like those random effects, anyways. It's uh, fun just, too. I, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy the, you know, what am I going to get here? Play another card, what am I going to get? So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's really strong. And, uh, you know, I like Evolve. So yeah. yeah, I'll go with that. I'm going with Fate Cleaver because that's like mm. a fun card just to think about, and just I, I don't know. I just think it's very, very like um, yeah, just a cerebral kind of card, you know, in terms of like if you add it to your deck or just how you play it, you know. So, um, uh, kind of hoping that ends up making it would be so bad for Paladin though if it wasn't constructed. Holy crap! Like a single card would just counter Paladin, but but uh, it would be yeah, I think pretty amazing though. Um, all right, well, we uh, we definitely took a lot of time there. Why don't we just uh, get to some of the Q&A that's, um, you know, that some people have some questions for us. So first off, uh, okay, so the, the box wine asked a question that's kind of related to what we were just talking about. Which one of the time-limited arena cards would you most like to see in the current standard meta? So I guess you guys don't play standard as much, but... Um, I play a little bit here A little bit? Okay. Yeah, which one... What would you like to see? I mean, for me, it'd be like kind of one of the crazier ones, like Stasis. I like Possibility Seeker. I'd probably go with that one. I'd oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. A yeah. cool card and mm -hmm. not insanely broken, um, fun yeah. to play with, you know, well-statted. So, I, you know, I don't know how good it would be in the current meta because I don't play enough Constructed to really mm -hmm. be able to judge how good this card is up against other other four drops. Or, but, uh, yeah, I think that'd be a fun one to have. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. 
not too crazy and not too i think the the fake cleaver would be just too good against a lot of the and master the realities I'm sure someone would somehow find a way to make that work <laughs> pretty crazy right shaman could sure use it outside yeah. of what a shutter walk i mean they have like even even shaman and, and shutter walk yeah. but th- those are i feel like those are very niche and not you know they don't really have that much room to to work with there Eduardo, you, you you don't play much standard right I don't. I haven't played standard. I hit legend on my first month of playing standard, nice. and then I have not touched standard since. Uh, <laughs> right. was, uh, like Just did three it. Months done. The game was released. Just yep, got my card yeah. back. Exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, we've got some questions on Twitter and on uh, just from email. I think we'll um, we'll hold off some of the more standard questions for for uh, next week. You know, whenever or whenever we do our show next. Actually, I'm gonna, we're going to be gone next week, so we're not going to have a show next week. But um, just it makes more sense to ask the, those questions when Nagar is back. Ahmed N asks, "How would you design an arena tournament?" All right, this is I'm sure you guys been asked this like a thousand times. So let's just do a thousand one here. <laughs> So uh, yeah, ideal arena tournament given the, you know, just obviously limitations and everything right now. So in arena tournament, the focus must be on deck building because that's one of the most special parts about arena. And so unfortunately, I think for an arena tournament, you got to go one of two ways. You got to have a lot of deck building and really build it into part of like what the people are watching and people have building decks with you and you know really make that into a thing. Or you just do it like normal arena where everyone just gets one deck, one game. This is March Madness. This is sudden elimination. Like, it doesn't matter if it's fair or not. Just go, go, go. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with, with with either approach. But if you do a deck building approach, maybe like have nine decks at the beginning where you get to build one from each class and you just kind of get what you get in those. And either they get randomly selected for each of your matchups and then you can do best of threes, best of fives, whatever. Or, um, or you get to select them, and you get to pick the the best decks that you built. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way, I, I, there's an intense like deck building aspect before the before the arena. And I think that would be more of a test of skill, yeah, um, than um, than the March Madness style of just you know one and done, whatever random deck you yeah. get. Uh, but the other one may be more exciting to watch. I mean, one and done is definitely more. It's like easier to do even from a production mm-hmm. level too, right? So. Um, Dreads, how about you? Ideal. Yeah, I think um, Eduardo answered this one pretty well. I think if you want to try to actually determine who the best player is at the time in the current meta, then you need to do a lot of different drafts. So he does yeah. something like nine. And even then, there's enough variance in that number of drafts that it's not going to really tell you who the best player is. Um, but I, I guess for me, with Arena, I've kind of moved a little bit away from having that be the most important thing, like trying to, to answer who's the best. Mm-hmm. And I think for realistically, the best way to do it would be to have it be the other style that Eduardo mentioned, where it's just kind of a, a fun thing, you know, maybe you get one or two decks and, um, you know, you play the best of your ability and it doesn't have to be, you know, super competitive, but it, c- it could just be a fun way to showcase some of the, the good arena players and, um, you know, have, give it a little more exposure. Um, so I've moved more towards the have it be a fun a fun event, and you know there's still skill involved, but not mm-hmm. necessarily pushing that we got to figure out you know who's the best. Yeah, no. I think. See, what would I? I mean, definitely on the same page as you, Eduardo, about really focusing on the deck building part of it. I think I'm just generally in that boat about any event. Like I, I always, if people ask, people always ask me about like events, and um, you know I think that's the part that 
people have I don't know why, but they've skimped on in terms of production is like showing that, and there, there's a lot you can it's do. It's harder. It's harder, but it's you can just, do it. Yeah. Like you can yeah. you can do it if you you know you're willing to to really um, you know plan it and you know put it could be pre record it could be whatever right like, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. you could do with it. So I, I think that's important. I would actually like to see some type of you know like definitely a fun route is is the way to go. Maybe it's not just an arena thing, but it would be fun to have like. You know, like teams, like, you know, two-man teams. One's like an arena player, one's like a, a constructed player. And do you have, the, like, the arena player building the decks for them via drafts? You know, like, oh, you know, that sort of thing. And then have the constructed play, play against each other. Yeah, yeah. Or some kind of tag-teaming well, thing. Like, it'd be something fun like that, yeah. Even the Red Bull mm-hmm. event that, like, Edwakta and Mer- Yeah, and the sealed one. Were part of, that was a pretty decent event, I think. It was, you know... Not perfect, but it, it was. But they cut out all fun. the deck building part of it. Like the yeah, the true. first iteration, they kind of showed some, and then the second and third iteration, they completely cut out that. It's just like the game. I'll bet all the time. it's because people were like not as interested in that because it's not something that they've seen before. the The excitement of deck building doesn't show the game, like the actual like nothing's flashing. There are no yeah, sounds. It's like just people yeah. huddled over a computer being like, "Do I need this card or do I need that card?" So do I need a curve pick? Do I need value? Well, yeah. So I. I agree, but it, it really just depends on what you're showing. Like you could edit all of that to make it into a very interesting, you know, 30 minutes of of building yeah. a deck. And p- people, I, and on the counter note is that it is accessible because all of us open card packs and all of us mm-hmm. go and build decks. So yeah, yeah I, I think you know that's a huge opportunity that I, I thought they were going to nail, like on the first you know, iteration of it. But they've kind of gone the opposite direction, which is just show mm-hmm. gameplay, and it's it's. You know, this hasn't been as interesting it be because sure. it. it would sure be great if they did do something. Yeah, yeah, like for... that for arena, some kind of tournament. Yeah, it'd you be know, fun. Doesn't have to be super serious, but I, I'm starting to lose uh, lose out hope that that's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe we just uh, don't do standard at all. We just take like wild players and arena players, and put them into like a two v two type of or two nice. two man tournament type of thing. Yeah, the non standard I mean, the, the non standard tournament. It'd be fun. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, that'd be kind of. And I want to talk about uh, the other, like the other aspect of arena. That uh, so the first, well, the most important part is the draft, right? Obviously, um, the part that doesn't, I think, get a lot of attention when it comes to an arena tournament is that in the arena, if you're really looking to capture like any kind of limited, um, uh, like online kind of game, is that you don't know your opponent's deck, and that is such a huge part of yeah. being an arena player is trying to figure out what your opponent's doing, what their game plan is. Whereas if you see their decks, you kind of know what their game plan is. You know what you need to play around. Yep. Um, and you have to run whatever percentages in your head. So maybe you have to build that like on the spot or as a prep, but it's not what you're reacting to in the game. Yeah. And that is such a huge part, at least for Hearthstone Arena, um, that whatever tournament format, I think it would really capture the spirit of the arena a lot more if the decks are either not reused or they can find a way to make sure that the players never figure out each other's decks if they if you're actually reusing the decks. Yeah. Because that's like kind of a practical issue that comes in where well, you kind of, you know, maybe you want to do a draft all the time if you want to show the draft and focus on that, that's all fine. But if you don't, then you need to make sure no one is figuring out anyone else's decks. And if it's being broadcast live that they're actually in like a black box or something like that. And that gets, uh, you know, potentially uh, logistically... Well, uh, you could just do. I mean, you could just have each team just draft a bunch, like seven times, and then just you have a once, an arsenal yeah, of seven yeah. decks, right? And you you yeah. just pick the deck you want to roll out. I think just generally that's an interesting way to go mm-hmm. about it. You know, just um, you know, maybe you have a deck that you feel like, ooh, we want to break this out 
maybe from a timing standpoint, you know, like what game it is, or or yeah. maybe just like yeah, I don't know. So some type of class just matchup is determined, and then you can you can kind of figure out like how you want to break oh, that out. There's a lot of things you can do. Yeah, draft twenty-seven decks in the beginning. Record all of it. Uh, no, no, not record. Best of not record. You rep- all of it. you, uh, you pl- uh, play best of three or best of five or whatever you normally play. But yeah. every deck can only be used once. Period in the entire tournament. Yeah, that might be too many decks, but <laughs> generally speaking, it would be interesting too if you did something yeah. like with the arena tournaments. Is you know, you in theory you can test you can trust your reads more if you're playing against good players. But then you know the the mm-hmm. opponent might. Try yeah. to mess with you and, and you know give you a certain read or right. feed it to you and mm-hmm. then you think you're safe and so there could be some pretty cool dynamics I think in mm-hmm. the I, I still think even you know with arena events and just general events we there's still so much that that hasn't been done in terms of events that um you know still waiting you know for for uh just more event organizers and yeah exactly you know like uh hopefully we'll we'll see some more you know interesting events that um you know that don't resemble what we see right now from like hct and and things like that all right we got a question on twitter alex corley we're gonna take maybe one or two more of these and how do you feel about the nature frequency of length how i feel about the nature frequency and length of special arena events that introduce heavy rng short-term metas that are not skill testing or require skills that won't be relevant once they end. So, like, basically the current event, dual class, arena exclusive of cards, wild arena. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, I, what do you guys think? I've come around on this one. Mm-hmm. I, I used to, I mean, maybe if you asked me this question six months or a year ago, I would say, oh, you know, it's not, I don't like it. It it makes arena more of, you know, less of a competitive thing, you know, just to, hey, just jump in and see wild things happen. But I'm now at the point where, Part, it's partially because I play so much arena that I, I do look forward to these events because it, it's nice to switch it up a little bit. Um, so I, I think you can still, there's still skill involved. Like in the, I was worried about this event because looking at some of the cards, I was thinking, oh man, it's going to be just a, a mess. And, you know, especially because much... we thought Chromia and Morazan were common. <laughs> yeah, it would be everywhere. <laughs> so, right? cards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think. You know the way they did it, and and the power level, um, and, and just yeah, the way they did this event overall, I think it's it's a good thing. And anytime they have an event, some some people that might not play as much arena come in and try it, um, which is just good. So yeah, I, I I say keep making these events. And as far as like leaderboard and things like that go, don't make that your focus. Like just try to have fun with it, and it, it, you know enjoy it while it's around and. If you don't worry too much about the results, I think you'll have more fun. And also, it's also softer during these times, at least yeah. for competitive players, because everyone that doesn't play a lot of arena comes and plays. So you, you tend to win more, uh, just as a natural <laughs> effect. So yeah, I say keep doing them. And yeah, I, not absolutely. all the time, though, right? Like, the, the how often? When they, was the they last They do event? one of these. Last one was Wildfest. Um, but they do one of these per expansion. OK. Yeah, yeah. that seems like a good number. It's a good number. One, one per expansion. Yeah, for for what's um, it's three weeks, right? And that's pretty much what it's one's three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think two weeks is a better time. Um, three yeah. weeks, it's the third week is always going to be rough if they do like an actual event, like a dual class event or or something along those lines. But for these introduction of cards, if they get the card balance right, like they can leave it in here for however long that they want, really, like because it'll just be like another like a mini expansion for for arena only. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about the length if all you're doing is adding cards or doing wild fest or like, you know, 
um, anything um, along those lines. But that's the line, right? Like the line for me really was Chromie and Morazan. If they were basic common cards, this was going to be terrible. <laughs> now that they're not, this is like I could live with these cards for you know probably even longer than three weeks because it's yeah. not as problematic. One of the best cards we keep talking about, right, is uh, Chrono Shot and Hunter um, because mm -hmm. of the, the pure power level. Yeah, that's really powerful, but is it any more powerful than like SAP or Meteor or UI or all the other stuff we deal with? It's not. It's just, it's not even at those, um, at, at that power level. So um, it's stuff we deal with, right? So is this bad to make these powerful cards and these like uh, ridiculous RNG cards exist more in the arena? Yeah, but it's within that line. As long as you're below the line of having a fairly, a game that can be fairly competitive. I think you're fine time-wise. If you're moving the bar into a level where it's very difficult to make it competitive and that you can just kind of, it's more or less a coin flip. And I don't know exactly what that line is, but I do know that Chromium Morazana's commons would have crossed that line. And like the dual class thing was crossing that line because of how rogue cards interacted with other classes. Oh, um, gosh, that was crazy. But <laughs> yeah, for those, you want to keep it like, I think one. Yeah, those are, those. those are insane, man. Um, yeah. Or at least like open up regular arena as well after one week um, and have both things going on and people even split the player pool, uh, especially because you're getting so many new players in yeah. the pool through, uh, through the event. Um, but if you're just introducing cards and they're roughly within the correct power levels, yeah. It's all good, right? Yeah. That's a success. I mean, the fact yeah. that, I mean, we've got a walk, Ed walked on here, and, you know, saying it, it's good to go for another, you know, more than three weeks. <laughs> they That's did a good job. Absolute success. Yeah. yeah, crazy. So, um, yeah, thanks for the question, Alex, and uh, the box wine and Ahmed, of course. But uh, why don't we wrap up? We've kind of got it solid gone, gone over two hours definitely really great given that we don't get a chance to do these arena episodes all the time but uh let's do some shout outs dreads thanks for uh, joining us again you know like you were on our previous one too with shady yeah so, yeah it was a lot of fun yeah. I, I enjoyed both of them it's mm -hmm. it's nice to, to talk about arena with people i, yeah. I always enjoy it um like i'd watch i did a co-op a little while back and gotta talk about some things and it's always a good time so uh yeah yeah thank you for having me on and uh so I'm I'm an arena exclusive streamer, mm -hmm. basically, um, <laughs> and I, I stream these days. I've been starting around maybe four four o'clock PDT, um, and I go for normally eight or nine hours. So nice. Um, and then my mm. Twitter is at Dreads Gaming. Um, see it right over there. That's where right there. That, that's where I post most of my uh, mm. updates and that. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime, Edwakta. It's been a while, man. Like I don't know why it's been so long. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, we we didn't do an arena one for a long time, and I like kind of asked Dreads and Shady the last minute to top on. So yeah, um, and I think Murps did the last one of the go. Did he uh, for, for Valley Town? Yeah, I, I think it was a while, it was a while back. But we gotta get. I the, haven't done one of these in like two years. Yeah, we gotta get um, the the whole you know triumvirate again like with crip and everybody like on here just get like eight arena players in here and we'll make it eight arena players that's like way too many people man oh my god <laughs> you can imagine we could just have a tournament right on that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right now it's like Havu and whoever's in Havu and, and the dog just turned to go and then they leave yeah. while we still talk about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of funny. But, uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, I'm, uh, we we're mentioning Murps a lot. Uh, I, me and Murps together make the grinning goat, and I'm wearing a shirt from, uh, from our, our Amazon. Catalog. Are you the grinner or are you the goat? 
Um, I think uh, this is the the grinning goat is a weird thing where me and Murphs just kept talking to the artist who was drawing this, and we kept saying, "Make the goat look more like Tom Cruise." No, no, more creepy. Um, for maybe like four iterations until the goat came out looking like this, and That's we were like, appropriately good, satisfied. Man. Yeah, yeah. With um, it's got to be charismatic yet a little off. It's oh like God. a little serial killer. <laughs> It was, we were very specific. The artist was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who are you guys? What am I signing up for? Just do it. That's <laughs> um, so our Twitch channel and our YouTube channel is Grinning Goat. Um, although on YouTube, I think if you type YouTube slash Adwicta, it'll still just redirect you there. Okay. Um, but, you know, you'd have to memorize six random letters uh, rather than Grinning Goat. And we have a YouTube channel where we upload edited versions of all of our 12-win uh, runs uh, in the arena as well as uh, our podcast uh, that is entirely arena-focused all the time, uh, the Lightforge podcast. Um, and we also have a tier list uh, that runs off this back-end algorithm we've been working on for, like, the last, like, two years um, and that is at thelightforge.com, and that's always kept up to date. And we spend a lot of time to make sure those uh, those numbers are are right for the meta, right even before the meta happens. That's like our goal. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little harder with Blizzard not giving us exact offering rates, but we're we're hanging in there. Um, <laughs> and you can use it to identify some cards that Blizzard misbucketed, get an edge, or just to like I like to just look at it to just analyze the arena. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people use tier lists, they sort by classic, and which is like the cars that are good on the left going, you know, uh, down to the cars that are bad, and that's how most tier lists are. But we have mm-hmm. an alternate way to sort things by mana, and then you can tell where it sorts vertically the uh, the values, right. and they're actually grouped by each mana. So I can tell where my three drops are, where my four drops are, and I can evaluate, like, big strategy uh, in, in that way. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I... Happy to be here, and I uh, wanted to make sure I gave Murphs a shout out. He's uh, couldn't be here today, but a uh, very important part of the grinning goat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got a day job right now. Like, that's why like, and I can never have him on. Like, I think the last time we did one, it was like late at night. That's kind of why Murphs yeah. was able to make it. But um, anyways, it was great having you guys on. I think we um, covered a lot, and uh, just the discussion's always great with you guys. So really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, out there, everyone. Yeah, enjoy yeah. the event, and you know, yeah, have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Go play it, guys. The cards are so fun. And yeah, um, you get two free arena runs. Yeah, so. two. More than that, right? Like, do, you get, do you get more than two? I, I thought I had four. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I had four tickets, like free tickets. On each server, if you play on multiple servers. <laughs> no, no. It's the same server. The NA server. I had four tickets. You must have broken something. Yeah, I would maybe, keep quiet about maybe that. Maybe I did. Actually, I don't know, uh, man. <laughs> okay, maybe I did that. break it. No, but you, you definitely get some free runs. So whether it's two or four, you, I don't know. Depends. Yeah. But um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is just like I really love the um, the, the quests you know that have dust and gold as rewards that's that was definitely mm-hmm. something really cool and i hope they continue doing it just because a lot of people would prefer dust um yeah but, uh, uh, especially like even as arena players mm-hmm. where uh, you know the dust doesn't really we don't really need a collection to uh <laughs> to play uh, right. the decks we want like i use dust for my golden cards to look yeah, fancier too. when i'm in the arena so i've gotten into that oh, 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 yeah on sense. the other hand, we're like infinite players, so the gold literally does us no good. Yeah, so I would nothing. prefer direct dust. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully this is the beginning of some more of that. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for um, obviously watching. And, uh, don't, don't forget to remind uh, remind your viewers and listeners that today's the free pack day. Oh yeah, the free pack, the golden pack. That's right, I actually haven't logged on yet. Yeah. Make I'll sure you log, log on every single server to too. Log on to every yeah. single server and get your, your yep. free golden pack. And those yeah, you wonder what gold, yeah. Yeah, if you have a golden card in your collection, the arena card is also golden when you draft it of that card. Yeah. 
That's definitely nice. It's awesome. Um, yeah, so lots of things going on, guys. Uh, you can check out the show on uh, youtube.com slash um, hearth. Uh, HS Replay Net, or, and you can check it out on my channel too, which is Champion B. Uh, you can follow the channel on Twitter, ValueTownGG. And again, the show is an HS Replay.net show, so go to HS Replay. We mentioned it a bunch today, you know, looking at uh, you know win rates for all the cards and and just uh, even just which classes are, are dominating the arena and, and standard. You can obviously find out everything about the meta too by just going to HSReplay.net and, and checking it out. If you sign up for premium, you can get even more awesome filters, you know, by by day, region. Uh, rank it's it's a uh, really really useful to for you you know to be ranking up at that specific you know rank and region um and you can find us on all the sound channels or audio channels like uh, itunes and google play as well as soundcloud.com slash but that's going to be it guys today for value town so for dreads Edwakta, and myself champmb see you next time oh we're not gonna be here next week guys we'll be two weeks from now i'm actually on vacation next week so expect us two weeks from now all right, later.